Gee, Steve, what are we going to do tonight? Same thing we do every podcast. Tell them how we season. Here it is, episode 67 of How We Seize It. We're going to do Mandalorian Season 1, the Disney Plus. uh, I don't know what you want to call that, a Star Wars live action. I guess it's it's a Star Wars live action series. First streaming live action series, yeah, I I believe so. Um, Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it was was used as almost the launch of uh, Disney Plus, which was kind of a a cool thing. Like, that, uh, it... It was kind of its big uh, coming out was uh, correlated with the the Disney Plus being started, and so that was their their big draw in the beginning. That was their draw, and that's exactly why I uh, purchased it and still have it because uh, it renewed I right around too. the same time that season two uh, was it was dropped, and so it's like right. oh, I, I better I better stay with it. And I, I think gotta point a out lot what, of people did that. Yeah. A lot of people did that. This uh, brings kind of our, our podcast full circle, too, because our very first co- podcast was Rise of Skywalker, which yes. I know I, as I was rewatching this uh, this week, there was an episode that reminded me of the release of of Rise of Skywalker because it coincided with it. And it, it had to do with I think it was it was episode seven, the the one okay. where 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 the child, the the baby Yoda uh, force heals. Um, oh, right, right. Um, Carl Weathers um, character. Yes. And uh, that happened the day before Rise of Skywalker came out. And I think a lot of people were kind of frustrated at Rise of Skywalker for introducing a new, a new force power, the force <laughs> heal. And yet, and yet it was actually premiered, I believe um, the day in, before in, on Mandalorian. Interesting. So, so that, that provided them cover because uh, a lot of people uh, were sold more on Mandalorian than they were Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> So it's funny that you bring that up, and we're, that we're jumping right into this one, uh, it, it, which is fine because uh, the Star Wars is such a huge world, and this is such a big series that I think it's okay. Um, they when they brought that up in Rise of Skywalker, it was it was to do with the the connection of of Kylo Ren and and Rey, right? That, that they said that that was part of the reason that they had she had the healing ability. And so did he. There was a name for it. And I'm, I, I'm not well enough versed in, in what it was. But so someone brought that up that it's like a, a twin thing, almost like a, you know, a connection, sure. a force okay. connection, which means if, if that's the tie to it, that means that somehow uh, and we're going to use Baby Yoda uh, probably throughout this just because it's an easier name <laughs> to say than the child or the asset or Grogu. Um, which we don't that get till season two. premature because we don't get that till season two, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, so that, that he may have some kind of um, connection to another another Jedi or a, a Force-sensitive character, which I, I, I didn't even think about until someone brought that up. And I was like, oh, because, you know, once again, I listened to, to you know a bunch of podcasts talking about it. And, man, the, the range of podcasts that you can find out there talking about Star Wars is huge. I and bet. some of them... Some of them dealt just with the story, the the Mandalorian. Some of them went so far deep into stuff that they knew all the books and all the stories and all the you know comics and all the uh, animated series like um, 
I know it's Clone crazy. Wars. I grew up a Star Wars kid, had all the action figures. Just I uh-huh. knew the, the 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 movie so well, and I, I, I it was it was. It was just kind of built into my persona. But then you run into these people. Like, I remember even recently talking Fanatics. to t- talking to Tristan. And, you know, he's talking about oh, all yeah. the books and stuff like that that he's read. And I just feel like, oh, my gosh, I know nothing. <laughs> I have no clue what you, this you're is. You're right. <laughs> I I know the movies, and I don't get deep into it. Like, I enjoy the movies. I, I had the toys, too. Like, it's interesting. I, I was thinking about that today, actually. Um, I had the toys as a child. Um, around that 7 to 10-year-old range, you know, I had toys from the first movie, not even not even into the second movie. Sure. I had an, an X-Wing and a, a TIE Fighter, and I had a Millennium Falcon. You know, and I had a bunch of the figures. This is the one where the where the lightsabers just slid in their arm. They didn't. They sure, weren't even yep. detachable. Had those. Yep. Um, but later on, I kind of switched off, and I I didn't continue with those toys. I ended up, you know, going GI Joe route and, and He Man and and Thundercats and things like that. You know, it just is weird that. I had some G.I. Joe figures, and I always liked those a little bit more as far as playing with them because you could yeah. move their elbows and legs. You could they had the Kung them. Fu grip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they and then they had – there was this little vehicle, that this off-roading vehicle, where the it actually had, like, shocks and stuff where you could oh, drive. Oh, nice. And that was a lot of fun. I had a ton of the vehicles. <laughs> ton of the but vehicles. But I, I liked the spaceships with the Star Wars ones. I had Millennium Falcon and, and – um, you know, X wings and Tie fighters, yeah. and I even had an AT AT. And and, uh, and speaking of of, of Mandalorian, um, I and I might have mentioned this when we talked about uh, uh, this on Rise of Skywalker, but I used the little proof of purchases during uh, oh, when right. Star Wars came out, <laughs> and I sent away to get to get the Boba Fett character because they actually premiered the Boba Fett character in the Star Wars Celebration cartoon. Uh, it was a it was a it, a holiday special. Oh, the holiday special. Holiday special. The life, the life day. Yeah, well, it wasn't. He was, it wasn't a live action part of that. It was a little animated short they had. Oh, okay. Which and, and in prepping for this, I went and watched that because I I knew that was the, oh, the, I the original watched, I should... source of that, and I don't remember watching. I I, I remember that I saw the show um, when you know when it premiered in 78 or yeah. something like that and <laughs> didn't know what to make of it because it's really weird but this cartoon is actually a little bit more legit and it actually okay. has all the all the voices the the, the actors uh, playing their roles um oh nice you, know, you got your harrison fords and mark hamill's and carrie fisher's and that's cool and, I know a lot of people have talked about the the holiday special and and usually it's a how bad it is kind of thing and so um I thought that was kind of funny um, so yeah, it was one of those, uh, I don't, I don't remember ever watching. I, I might've, uh, I, I don't remember, but like I said, I was, I had the toys, but I was not, I was not a hardcore star Wars geek fan. Uh, never really happened. I love the movies. Um, and, but, and I'm just not, I'm not as knowledgeable in like all the stuff. I don't know the details. Um, so, uh, which is kind of fun going back and, and like listening to all the people talk about this and God, there's so much depth to it. And, and uh, God, I loved uh, pulling out different creatures that they pulled back from the movies. You know, when you spot okay. one and go, Oh, you know what? There was the, the Berg Berg, the, um, the, in, uh, the prison break, you know, they bring that, that devil character that read oh, right, right, and yeah. stuff and they had, and, that, and, and I looked it up. I didn't know what it was, but it's a Deveronian um, that's that's the species, and his name's Berg. He's their muscle, yeah. 
and and he's played by the the prison guard from Shawshank Redemption. I recognized him. I was like, oh, I know that guy. Um, but um, but it's just one of those creatures you don't see, you I, they have one shot of 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 Ed, uh, Deveronian in the cantina scene. And so okay. they brought him back for that. I like how they just kind of bring these obscure creatures out and, and give them. Yeah, someone stuff. mentioned that the the character or the the alien race that uh, is um, oh, why am I blanking the big the big uh, Sith character with Darth Maul that there's one of those that shows up in one of these episodes too. And I, I don't I didn't catch it, but I remember someone talking and they were geeking out about that and. Okay. So, and they do. They talk a lot about the different the different um, alien races that show up, and I, and I, they do a lot of um, almost Android, androids, all, androids, all the <laughs> Uh To me, I almost get a little overwhelmed with how many how many different species they are. You know, show in certain areas where it's almost like I get it, but it also seems a little too much sometimes. Like, and I think and I, this is getting ahead of ourselves, but season two, I think they showed some things where it seemed a little bit more legit, like where you would have more of one common alien race, you know, like uh, they dominate, you know, where it's more, and then they have sprinkled in. And I think that, it, that to me was just, you know, but that's just one sure. of the things I felt. But before we get too far into this, because, uh, you know, I, my mouth's getting dry from talking already. I want to know what we're drinking tonight. What are you drinking, Noah? <laughs> so, uh, so we we have a local brewery, Third Street Mailworks, and when when this all came out, they released a hazy IPA called "This Is the Way," and I've seen it multiple times. It's got the the Mandalorian helmet with kind of like a hops side to it, and I've seen this can hundreds and hundreds of times in the store when I'm out looking, uh, you know, going by the beer and stuff. And so I'm like, oh, perfect, okay, that's what I'm getting. It is not around anywhere. I oh, could kidding. not find it. You I can... could not find it. Nope, I, I spotted I searched it ever. at, uh, at um, on Industrial. What's that? What wine? The the wine place on Industrial. Uh, oh, the be, uh, Bottle Barn. Bottle, bottle Barn. barn. <laughs> uh, when I was when I picked up those triples, uh, but I was it, just okay, I was just there today. More. Yeah. And, and serious. And that's why I was like, what the heck? So, cause I've been, I've been thinking about that one. I'm like, when we do it, it's going to be perfect. Right. So I, I, I went like five different places yesterday. I went like four different places today. And so, uh, at lunch I was at, um, uh, the store near me in Healdsburg and at work and, uh, I was looking for it and I couldn't find it, but I did come by one that I'm like, Oh, well that kind of, that kind of works. And so what I went with is this is a, um, a moonlight brewing company, uh, which is another local Santa Rosa brewery, and this one's called a Twist of Fate Red Ale. And uh, I went with this because, to me, this story is a twist of fate, right? It, he he's the Mandalorian Mando or uh, did did Jarjin or yeah <laughs> he's got a name that they drop in the eighth eighth episode. He, I like Mando. He, <laughs> yeah, I do. I like Mando too. Um, He's kind of put on this path to to bring in this child, then which which really needs his help essentially, and so it's like to me it's like that twist of fate that like he's doing what he's doing and all of a sudden it changes on him and he and it, it changes because it needs to for him yeah. and for the child and so it kind of got on me and then everything that happens during this like you know he he goes to this. You know, when he, in episode four, where they go to um, the the 
village where they're, you know, farming the krill. And, you know, he ends up running into uh, Cara Dune, you know, and he, he kind of hooks up with her to help these villagers. But then later on, he needs her help. So he, he, he along the way, he's made these 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 encounters that come back and play a role in getting him where he needs to be to protect the child. Yeah. And so I agree with fate, you know, even, even with his rescue as a child, which, which, mm -hmm. which really kind of motivated his whole decision to kind of betray his, his, uh, his guild membership, you know, when he, when he ended up taking the child back, you know, in a sense. Right. And, and um, and uh, so you can even say that his fate was a little bit scripted from way back when, when he was first uh, rescued by the Mandalorian. Yeah, um, when he became a foundling. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So yeah, to me, to me, it was like I didn't get what I wanted uh, eventually, but I ran across this, and I was like, oh, okay, that works, and I like it. <laughs> uh, the other backup I had is I still in 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 one of the kegs I have going out there. It was a uh, it was a, a kit called We, uh, we Like Space. And which I then <laughs> then then, uh, then I named it uh, Space Juice afterwards, and uh, it's a good uh, you know really nice uh, fruity hoppy uh, hazy high IPA which I really like, and so I was like but that works because you know it's it's a space movie it's our show you know it's it it's it's out there so I, I was like as a backup that would work but no I, I ended up going with this and it's a red ale I haven't had one in a while so pretty stoked about it nice and it looks like you're about to drink it yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. It's got a nice uh, kind of malt-forward flavor, um, nice. kind of a, a darker malt than you know I'm used to with IPAs. It's it's more on that kind of uh, toasty malt, um, more caramely and stuff. Nice flavor to it. A uh, little bit of bitters in there from the hops. Kind of got that that biscuity aroma. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. And it's, and it's a five point three ABV, so it's not going to kick my butt tonight. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for us? Um, it's it's funny. I had I have a concoction that I, that I'm going to talk about, but I was just just rewatching episode eight today, and I I spotted at the end another candidate that I almost uh, whipped out some shots for. But but what is it? Carl Weathers' character is uh, drinking this blue concoction. He's, uh -huh. like, he's doing shots of this the, this. Uh, Oh, he does it off the yeah the counter when the when they're right. in the bar. And that was kind of funny. It reminded me. I wonder if they actually made it blue, like they got their blue liquor here, just just to kind of uh, kind of um, reflect the blue milk that 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 the Luke's so known for drinking yep. in, in uh, the first or episode four. Well, and they have that also in in actually in in episode four. They have the blue milk when they're when they're on Tatooine. They show yep. it, and then. Um, when they're at the when he's with his aunt, aunt and uncle, they have the blue milk on the table. That's um, what I meant. That's what I yeah. Oh, okay. I th well, I thought you were talking about what is the 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 post whatever the last four where he's milking the thing for the blue milk. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, um, that's a well. That's kind of a nod to the blue milk from from yeah a, yeah from. Uh, well, I also noticed too. It's the very first episode um, uh, where the guy where he walks in and the guy's like pushing the guy around at the table and, and it's the bar scene, the the drink gets spilled. It's a bluish uh, kind it? of drink. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, they, they really play up that blue drink. Like everything is blue, which the krill, they were blue. <laughs> so what I'm drinking is um, a concoction that I came up with when I was looking up 
Well, I, w- I was looking up drinks, Mandalorian drinks, and Mandalorian wine is a is a is a type. I read of that one too. Beverage. So, <laughs> and it's it's uh, it, it's a rice and fruit uh, base. That's it. So, yeah. so I I made kind of tried to make my own. I, I used uh, and tried to make a like a sangria. I, I got some uh, sake, some rice wine. Yep. And some um, red wine, and and kind of soaked it in some some fruit with a little pomegranate juice and stuff, and made a made a rice and uh, and fruit uh, concoction that I'm yes, drinking nice. here. Out. And uh, so this is my own version of a Mandalorian wine. It's not bad. It's I mean it's like a sangria. The but it but it has a little bit of the rice base to to go along with it. So that's I, awesome. I actually, I, I thought about that too. I, <laughs> I looked that up and I was like, oh, that's not too bad. And I exactly, I was going to do the same thing. Go with a sake for the, the Weiss right. Nice. Nice. Rice, it's, it's funny. It says, wine. it says, I'm looking it up on the fan, uh, some of the fan uh, wikis. And yeah. it says an individual has become intoxicated from Mandalorian wine was commonly known to move with a stumbling gait. <laughs> just, <laughs> just kind of a corny thing that they have in there. In their, yeah. Uh, Fan. That's the the Wikipedia, right? Yeah, Wikipedia, right? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. It's funny that you talk about that because I I did read a lot on there because um, so one of the things about this Mandalorian season one um, and and even season two I won't talk too much about it but um, I got really interested in the Mandalorian themselves the yeah. as a as a as a they're not a race they're a they're a, a almost like a religion. Right, I, it's, I agree. Yes, and, and so. I, I almost wish we'd get more of that. And um, I don't know if they had more of it. I've, I've heard people talk a little bit more about, like they see them in uh, some of the uh, the Clone Wars and Rebels cartoon. They talk about them a lot and they get a lot more. But it's like I want to know more why they don't, why he won't take his helmet off. Because we find later that you know there's other ones around there, and it, it's a big deal to them and stuff like that. It's like, well, why? I mean, what's what's the deal? What it, I wanted to know more about that. And then the other one was the armor. I'm really interested in the the aspects of the armor the and Beskar. Yeah. Well, okay. So he starts off right. He has armor on. Right. Right. But it's not Beskar. Right. right, and other Correct. other ones have armor on, but no one's shiny like him. No one, no one else looks like a Cylon. So, is it is it common that you like you get your you get your Beskar armor and then you paint it? Uh, you know, is he going to paint his eventually? That that's a good question. I don't. I'm not. I thought they did a good job putting a lot of the the lore, but kept some of it mysterious. They were they looked almost like a like a religious cult. You know the fact that yeah. they were underground and um, and how they were supporting each other, but they they certainly had some some ways of speaking. You know this is the, way the, the <laughs> right. things they they would say. I thought they did a good job uh, sprinkling it throughout. Without um, y- you know you you get. Y- y- so the the prequels, the Star Wars prequels, did something mm-hmm. with the Force where they talked about midichlorians. They introduced right. something where they tried to define it a little bit more. And I'd be afraid if they if they went back and explored it too much, you might get into that. You might get into this where they're trying to define things a little bit more, and it loses its mystery. I kind of like I like how it's it's a little mysterious. It's uh, and we don't know everything about it. So I, yeah. I think I like how they've been approaching it. 
Well, for me, it just it 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 really made me start thinking about a lot of things, and and mm-hmm. maybe it's because I really am into armor just in in general. Like that's one of the things I was into for you know, Renaissance fairs and other things. You know, he gets yeah. his first pauldron and stuff like that, and I was like, I know what that is, and you know, yeah, was, you know, when I saw when he goes down into the underground and he gets he turns in his first best car and he gets the yeah. shoulder blade, you know, the shoulder yep. pad or whatever it is. Is that what you call pauldron. it? Pauldron. Okay. But uh, it, the, you know, it's a it's a woman that's that's doing it. Yeah. It, remind, it reminded me of uh, a Knight's Tale, the uh, <laughs> the blacksmith. Yeah, the blacksmith in a Knight's Tale. She's the one that that makes the the armor for him. Well, that saves because that, that was the only one that could afford it, and <laughs> you know, she makes a lighter, and everybody's like, "Oh, that's not going to be good." <laughs> Which that's another thing that brought up to me is is um, so, and we see a lot of this is the Beskar uh, can hold up to the to the blaster shots. Right, and then you know from far away. I know made, there's, that, there's one episode where he says well, that was the that, that was the, the sniper the, rifle. Yeah, long range, the Beskar held up. Uh, well, but even 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 earlier in that, he gets shot in, in like when he's in the um, when he fights against the uh, um, these guild or bounty hunter guild, he gets shot a couple times in the armors. And and this is I went and read about it, and the Beskar is supposed to hold up to it. So my thought is, okay, if you don't have Beskar armor, what is the armor you're? Are you wearing some? almost good and then it brought up to the point why the hell do the stormtroopers even wear that armor because it doesn't protect them from shit <laughs> they get hit with a stray rock and they drop right i mean it's like why are you wearing that it does nothing for you at all except for probably make you stink because it, it, you're going to get all sweaty in it and i don't know so, they do some hand-to-hand combat we saw that in uh, episode i'm I, I don't have but, an answer for you i i totally understand <laughs> I, I, i'm trying to I'm trying to to to, to figure, you know to pull something yeah. out of my ass that might cover up. It was just, but, <laughs> yeah, no, it just it was one of those things. That, is it, it it you know this is is not getting deep into a lot of the stuff and trying to figure out what's going on with it and why why things are what, but yeah, it was just the stormtrooper thing bugged me. Like, why would they even wear that? Because it does nothing for them other than uh, I read that and I even tried to read it to see what they were talking about. And I guess it had they have some you know, intercom systems and some, you know, breathing apparatus in the helmet. But other than that, that thing doesn't seem to do anything for them. <laughs> so I was just like, the stormtroopers are a waste. And this was, and this was another one. And I, I know I'm bringing up a bunch of different crazy things that, but uh, this was supposed to be five years after um, return of the Jedi. So after what they call the fall of the empire, which okay. was when the, second death star was blown up and uh so and this this is what confused me when when i when i started thinking about it is we get to the the next set of movies right where we had um was it force awakens we get ray it seemed to me that the empire still had some power then right because i mean they show uh, the whole thing with Finn was a stormtrooper, and they're dropping and blowing up cities and stuff like that, and then he defects. So they're still pretty powerful. So what happened in the time? You know, how long well, was that I mean, after? Well, we still see even in episode you know seven when the fleet arrives with uh, the the Ma whatever the the Gustring character yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, shows up with his you know with all the tr- all the stormtroopers and. And uh, so I, I think there's there, you know, we see early on when he goes and, and, and gets the first, you know, the, the bounty to go find the child. Um, and uh, it, it's got um, 
Werner Herzog's character. The oh yeah, the the, uh, uh, the client. No, is he the client? Uh, I think he's called the client. Is that what it is? Okay, but he's got those four stormtroopers there, and yeah. they're all looking grungy. And I loved the look of those because they were like, they were well, just I, they were dirty. That's what and I they mean. Were, they were down and stuff. And so you can see that it's probably in tatters. The Empire is not whole, but I, but obviously there's fleets because we do see that with uh, with that. Uh, the yeah. Guy in the end, I heard a bunch. If of I start things. calling them by different names, it's sometimes I'm, pull, <laughs> I'm pulling out the actor's name or, or the uh, right. another character that, they played because I don't have a, a list of all. I don't. I, I oh. don't pick up on all the names. He's, I, you're, um, you're pulling them out pretty good, but Moff, Moff Gideon. Oh, well, Moff like Gideon. I said, okay. Well, I said for the last spring from Breaking Bad. So that's, yeah. Well, <laughs> a lot of people. That's a, that's um, Gino Carlo Espetito. I'm blowing that one. Um, but yeah, a lot of people yeah. were, were saying how happy they were to see him in there, and a lot of them brought up Breaking, Breaking Bad and some other stuff. And I guess he's played in a lot of other uh, um, bad guy shows. As as much as I think he's an okay bad guy, to me he seems like a dollar store Darth Vader. <laughs> what about what about Werner Herzog, the the client? What do you think about him? Okay. So. Uh, and, and I, I want to talk about because I've known this guy for for decades from yeah. from German cinema that I studied in uh, in film school, and I <laughs> want to talk about one of his movies. So what what they um, I didn't know I, I had no idea who he was when I watched it. Um, and he's even creepy. when people, he's like that creepy German <laughs> to, to me, and and someone explained it best. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that old like Nazi film kind of thing where he's just the <laughs> like a, a old creepy Nazi doctor is what I got out. Of. But yeah, to me, uh, when I watched it, it seemed like he seemed like just an old guy that still needed to he needed to do a part to get some money because he's not really acting. It just. <laughs> It just seems lazy, but I mean, it works for the character because it just seems like this this older guy that's just kind of still doing what he's doing. You know, maybe maybe he's he's been in the position too long. He's, you know, he was about to retire and then the the empire, you know, imploded. So now he has to work because his retirement went up in smoke or something. You know, it just yeah, it's it seemed weird like that. But I like how I, he doesn't seem to care about the fate of of the. Of the asset. Oh yeah, there. he's like he's like dead or alive is fine, and the doctor's like, no, it needs to be alive. That's what we discussed. He's like, well, that's and that's what's <laughs> interesting to me too is like, okay, what is the what is the purpose? And we never really get a, a real purpose from any of this in the season one. Why it is, and that that's and they throw that in there to really even screw it up more. But yeah, I think I think he did a good job of playing the part he was doing. Um, before like we said, go I too did... far, can I talk about the movie that I know? Uh, yeah, yeah, this definitely. Is like, this is like an early 80s uh, German, I think they even labeled it like an action film or adventure, <laughs> but it's it's called Fitzcarraldo, and it's uh, it's this, it's based on a historical event, but it's it's about a, a man who who goes who goes to some country, he's trying to to go down this river that has all these, uh, you know, these jewels or something, or he's trying to do some, he's trying to he's trying to make money but he's got this boat but it's on a it's on the wrong river <laughs> and so he has to he the movie is about him you know kind of hiring all the natives to disassemble the boat and re- move it up about i don't know 300 meters or something like that and then reassemble it on the next river over or something like that okay it's really <laughs> but but what's crazy is that for the filmmaking itself Filmmaking itself—that's what they did. 
he actually, the director, uh, forced you know the crews to disassemble this boat and move it. And move they, actually, it. <laughs> they had people that that you know that died. Uh, where, where I think I wrote this down. There was an incident production. Okay, a local Peruvian logger was bitten by a venomous snake. And he oh, made geez. the dramatic decision to cut off his own foot with a chainsaw to prevent the spread of the venom, thus saving his own life. There was another person that died. But, I mean, that these are the kind of productions that Werner Herzog was, was kind of known for. It was, he was kind of – he made movies about obsessive individuals, and he himself mm. was an obsessive individual that – you know, so I thought that was kind of crazy. I know a lot of people, a lot of people on the podcast I was listening to were, they were gushing over him and, and how well he did and, and, and a lot about his, his movies and stuff like that. And they thought it was really cool to see him in there. And I thought that was really neat. Um, you know, speaking of other characters that people really thought just nailed it and, and really had a, a heartstring for was uh, Nick Nolte. Um, now he was the voice. He was the voice. Of, yeah. I love the, the voice. voice. I didn't care as much oh. for the uh, the movement. It seemed a little so. Out the of place. interesting, yeah, the interesting thing that was that is they a lot of people were thinking that they did a one of those face capture kind of things because the, the the alien had a Nick Nolte look to it, and <laughs> well, and I don't, I don't know if it was. I don't think it was digital at all. I think it was all uh, real. Effects. A body. I think it was a well. It was definitely a yeah because there's a there's an actress that that plays the the Misty role. Rosa. Yeah, um, that. But I think it's just a mask that with animatronics that moves. Okay. Uh, I think well, maybe, maybe with a lot of animatronics for these, like even the, yeah. What do they call uh, practical? Uh-huh. Um, practical yeah, effects, pra- sure. Practical effects. Yeah. Well, and so I just he was one of he was one of my favorite characters in the whole thing, and I like the fact that I, and maybe it's because his his voice is just so strong in that that it it just made him look a little bit like Nick Nolte and. It was, it was such a great character, and you know we got we got that great line out of him is uh, I have spoken. I have spoken. I know. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, and he really does good. it. He delivers it so well. Like like that's the end of the conversation, and you know mm-hmm. it. <laughs> it's like okay, I guess we're done here. Yeah. Well, that's so, and that was one of the things I thought was done well with this, and this is what a lot of people, other people, were talking about too is. The fact that this movie started our not movie, it's a show. It, this could have been a movie. In a way, like it's shot in 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 paid for, like it's a movie as far as like budget and stuff like that. But they did it in these little episodes. Okay. Um, well, that's I, that's one. Of... To me, it felt like it was episodic. I think. I oh, think... it very is. Well, that's what I, I meant. I mean, more like it it, could... it has a budget and 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 they put the money towards it like more of a movie than they do of a sometimes of TV shows where episodic stuff where sometimes don't get the bigger budgets. One of the things that I get a feel for this is each episode has its own little character, but you could tell that they're directed by different people. Some of them work better than others, um, and that's something that typically happens when you're you're in a in a series that has a different person helming each each week. I guess. Um, well, they so this had uh, a lot of repeat uh, directors. Okay, um, at least three, um, and all but a couple episodes were written by Farbra. Oh Harper. sure, yeah, and so I mean, it all it all has his feel. I think what it was is that you know, and a lot of people talked about almost like throwaway episodes. You know, you got you've got the episode four, I think it's episode um, five and episode six are essentially off off main story, yeah, uh, episodes, yeah. They're, but they're they own. have reasons in them. 
sure. that you sometimes don't understand until you get to the end. Right? We got episode four where they go to the, it's called Sanctuary. That's the one where they go to the, the he tries to get off world, you know, a, away from the tracking, you know, and he ends up helping this farm, farm village, you know, defeat this local warlord who has the, the ATS, is it ATST? Yep. The little two, two footer, you know, and big deal with that. Two footer, right? Me. Oh, two, yeah, they only two feet. I thought you meant two foot tall. It's like, what? No, it's like, oh, no. Than that. Oh, oh my God. That'd be so awesome, though. Just a little two foot one running around blasting people. Oh, that would be sweet. I would like spinal I would be tap down. when the. Anyway. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's that's the introduction to uh, Cara Dune. Um, this is where we get a lot of the backstory on, on Mando and about the helmet and, you know, uh, sure. why he doesn't take it off. And, and, and we get more of a personal feeling between him, you know, like. Like this also, um, you know, a lot of people uh, call this like a, a, a space Western or, you know, it's kind of takes after the spaghetti Westerns, which also took off of old samurai movies. Um, and this was one that might, you know, going down that line, it made me think of the storylines of like um, the seven samurai, right? Which, you know, they, they uh, a poor village you know these these samurai end up t- training the villagers how to fight and sure. and defend the village against the, the the local warlord and it just made me think of that you know and it's just you know there's there's um I've, i remember watching that a uh, friend of mine josh recommended it not not recommended it was almost like you will watch this kind of thing like <laughs> um and so did you ever uh, watch the magnificent seven the original yes okay which is which is actually a direct rip off of it oh i know i know it is it's it's yeah. a it's kind of a, 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 a re, rewrite in west but you talked about western and 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 a lot of people say yes. seven samurai is in, in itself oh, that same genre just like star wars is that same genre according to lucas you know uh but yeah uh, but but Ma- magnificent well, seven is directly in the, I, I don't, don't want to call it west. a. I don't want to call it a it's more of like a an homage like this is what would happen if we did this in, in, you know, early Western America, you know, it's not, it's not like, Oh, we're doing it better. It's just, you got, you got swords. We got guns. This it's kind of thing. I loved both. I think they were both great, but I just, I, I, it was one of those episodes that I was like, okay, so they're, they're paying a little bit of homage to that. And I thought it was great. You know, we get the Cara Dune character who, who comes in, you know, real heavy in the, the end of the season and also in the season two, um, which is awesome. And she's, uh, Gina Carrero, incredible. Act. I, I, I love her to death. I think she's so cool. And my, I, re- my... I remember seeing her in, uh, that Steven Soderbergh movie, Haywire when, when she, yes. this was, this was right after her, you know, her kind of transition from MMA world into, mm-hmm. into movies. And she, she was the title character and, you know, she's not, she, at the time, well, I don't think she's the greatest of, actors as far as her delivery but she certainly is a badass and brings that to the screen and it's nice to see that that well uh, she's a legit fighter yeah absolutely i mean she (laughs) she's fought in the ufc um and actually even before she ever fought in the ufc is where i was introduced to her she was on a show um i think it's called fight girls where uh it they brought in seven or eight women to vegas and they trained in muay thai and uh, they were going to have competitions between them. And then the top three go over to uh, Thailand and fight um, Thailand champions, you know, at the end of it. And I believe she's the only one that won her fight in Thailand. Like, she yeah. is a legit bo- like fighter. 
I think uh, Favreau actually wrote this character with her in mind. Like he kind of created the the character with her in mind because he's a real big. He really wanted to see her in this. Yeah. And, uh, well, she's fabulous. And, I think she's great. He's, you know, she's been in the news a lot this last <laughs> month because of uh, being. Yeah, I didn't know if we were going to talk about it, but yeah. Well, it's 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 yeah, it's current events. I mean, she's uh, she got into trouble for some you know some Twitter posts and stuff. But he was a big uh, John Favreau was a big uh, supporter of her. He doesn't believe in this whole idea of cancel culture. Um, yeah. But, but Disney, you know, they let they let her go or they basically said she's no longer or she is not currently employed with Disney. I don't, I don't know what that all means, but, but the interesting thing is Pedro Pascal has the same sort of recent history with controversial posts that, 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 uh, bring up Nazi Germany, you know, Mm -hmm. in the same sort of vein that he's since deleted. And yet Disney has not chosen to let him go. So, so they're kind of in a pickle, (laughs) Um, yeah, well, a lot of it, it, it's not even Disney. Disney's reacting to the cancel culture of, of uh, the shithole that is Twitter. And people are jumping all over because she, she's very outspoken with her with her beliefs. And she's she's not she's she hasn't been bashing on um, necessarily people's belief, but she has not been towing the line with the, the liberal media and, and their beliefs. And she's been speaking her own you know yeah she's she's on the the wrong side of the liberal uh forces that are out there which are typically in that in that cancel culture type uh genre people that they just if you don't believe what we do you're wrong and we're going to shit on you and do everything we can to get you you know fired from whatever and stuff like that and so disney kind of caved into that and you know what happens with it i'm not sure she, yeah, what well, we she, saw with Guardians of the Galaxy, they caved and brought the director back. Yeah. So there's, if you get enough people behind it, maybe this that'll happen. And with John Favreau being such a advocate for the character and so anti cancel culture, and, yeah. and he has been deemed kind of the savior of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> uh, it, she may make it back. Maybe. <laughs> she kind of didn't help herself a little bit, and I it, I hate the fact that this is the case, but I understand her point on it is she also doubled down in the fact when they, they canceled her, she's like, look, you guys have been trying to fire me for two months, and she's calling him out on a lot of things, and so she's not she's not playing that, oh, okay, I'm sorry, I'm, you know, I'm going to just, I'm going to... F- cave into what you guys are following, you know, these people that are, are, are bad mouthing me for this. And, and she's kind of sticking to her guns, whether or not it hurts her. I don't know. In the long run, I'd love to see her back. I, I hope it is. I'm not going to go and cancel Disney because I believe what she she said is okay. And, and, and think that they're a little wrong in it, but I also am, am not like, all right, Disney, I'm, I'm all behind you either. I think it's kind of bullshit. Um, yeah. So we'll see. I think I personally, I think she's probably one of the best characters in there. Um, you know, as far as as far as the people we see, you know, uh, Pedro Pascal, you know, his is Mando, and I think Mando's great, but really, it's not Pedro Pascal because you, you could have put anybody in that that armor and walked around and, and probably got the same out of it. Like, there's nothing that I think he's doing that's so fantastical that like you couldn't replace him with anybody at all. Like, cause you know, see his face. We see his face at one point, and it's pretty beat up. And you know, I, I, so I, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm jaded from the Wonder I, Woman movie. Oh, I right. Don't think he's, I don't think he's that great. But. I know he lost some cred there with that that uh, that movie. And and um, I I don't know. I I think 
you know, you do see his face a couple times in. We've seen it a couple times in the series. I think just once in uh, once in, in the first season, season. one. And it, I thought it was so moving and so effective how they portrayed it. And I thought it was kind of shitty. I, I actually do not like that whole ending because they act like he's 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 so ready to to just oh I'm gonna die I can't go on and stuff like that. He gets some spray on him and it's all this and then all of a sudden like two minutes later he's jogging down the it, it just I it didn't he gave up too easy like I would have rather seen him. To me, this the way that would have been this better is like they're they're trying to escape and he's doing everything he can and he and he collapses and it's like he's on his last breath and then you know the IG unit pulls the helmet off and and interjects and saves him whatever but he gave up and to me that just didn't fit in his character you know what I mean no I well I I, I hear you I I think they portray, <laughs> I I think they portrayed that pretty well I got the sense that he couldn't get up. That it was really at this point just a question of giving up his faith, or you know, giving into death, or, or you know, one or the other. And I think that's what they were trying to establish. I thought they did a pretty good job because he just couldn't. He couldn't get up. He couldn't move. And and yeah, you're right. It was a magic spray that the IG unit just kind of. Said, I, and I'm okay with oh. that. I'm okay with the magic spray. You know, he was turned into a nurse robot, which you know <laughs> maybe has you know. I, I'm okay with that, but. The fact that he, like, so earlier, you know, we got, uh, I think it's episode two where he fights the Mudhorn, right? Right. Um, uh, to get the egg. And there's a point where he's, he's also kind of giving himself up and he's kind of in that kneeling down position, ex- basically with his knife in front of him, ready to accept the charge of the Mudhorn. And this is when, when uh, Baby Yoda lifts the, lifts the Mudhorn off the ground using the Force, and that's the first time we get the Force. It was one of those, like he accepted the fact that he's going to get, you know, die in defeat, whatever, but he kind of still stayed in the battle. Like I just, it just didn't sit well with me. And it was one of the, one of my least favorite parts of that. Like I love Mando as a character. I, I like a lot of the stuff that one just didn't fit for me. Episode eight was my favorite episode for so many reasons. And it didn't let me down that even that scene I thought was, I, I played out well, but I, you, you talk about him facing death. I thought there was an interesting little reveal when he was um, with when he was on Tatooine, and they were going, they were he was he had kind of a joined forces with that other bounty hunter, that young oh uh, bounty uh, hunter, dollar were, store Han Solo. Yeah, they were taking the speeders <laughs> out out across, and you know they were talking sign language to the sand people. Oh, and, that and, was great. Yeah, yeah, but then they they ran into the 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 one that we're tracking who had the sniper yeah. rifle, and. I liked how Phoenix he, stand. Yeah, when it was time to after sundown, you know, and they were gonna just basically go for it, and he kind of said, he said, you know, this this is it. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna just take off, and we're gonna shoot these little flares, yeah. and um, you know, if if we're lucky, uh, we'll make it, and it it just kind of showed that he he's he understands that that death comes with this it's not it, it's not necessarily uh he doesn't think oh. that that he can and, and i know this isn't directly related to your point but i mean it's just his he does have a bit of a of a death wish and he's ready oh, yeah, to accept yeah. it when when he thinks that the time is right he, you know he so, even says i want to i want a proper death when he's sitting there with right uh, he with, wants to die, die with honor in battle yeah. and i am okay with that but that's what i mean at that last scene like they're trying to escape like 
if he would have been like, okay, trying, if he had got up and says, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to hold the line. You guys get out of here. You know, I'm going to go down with the ship, making sure you guys have time to get out that I would have bought more. Like, you know, he just kind of gave up. And it, it, this is how I felt. Okay. It doesn't kill the whole show, but it just, it was one of those is like, there's scenes that I always think could be better. You know, everybody, there's always something, Oh, I would have done this differently. Or I would, you know, uh, the, that whole haunt the the cheap Han Solo uh, guy, <laughs> you know it, that was one of those throwaway episodes. If you look at it in the big picture, uh, it 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 introduces um, the uh, Ming well, Ming Men Ming 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 Min Win. Uh, they come back in, names. They come back in season two. Yeah, well, that's I mean that's the big speculation, right? And and we know what it was, but I mean the biggest I, listening to a lot of people that hadn't seen season two when they talked about this, right? They they have that scene at the very end of that where she's laying on the ground and you hear the the, the spurs, the, the spurs, yeah. and everybody's like, oh, it's you know it's Boba Fett and all this and getting all their little Boba hard ons going, which. <laughs> I, I and I know we've talked about this before. I am not a Boba Fett fan. I never have been. I've always thought it was just ridiculous. I I, I just I understood he had cool looking armor in the movie and, and but he didn't do anything in the movie that made me think he was all that. Well, I do want to say I love his ship, and I know you hate his ship. <laughs> I hate his ship. <laughs> I did not like how he went out. I thought he had a very lame death in Return of the Jedi. Uh, well, and that, I, that's another reason why I always thought he was kind of lame, is like you got taken out by your own backpack. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just like there's a lot of stuff. I just never got the, the hero worship with him that he was like. I think it was because of his armor. He looked so badass yeah. in that armor. He, and I think that's what they've really focused on <laughs> in this series is really honoring what made people like that character so much is just because he just so that's, looks so badass in his armor. <laughs> here, here's, here's a little rabbit hole tangent too, with, with going down the Boba Fett. I know they, they, they touched on this in the, in the prequels, right? You know, we got uh Jenga Fett who was supposed to be, you know, this, he was supposed to be a Mandalorian bounty hunter too, or whatever like that. And so my my problem with this is that is like, okay, so he doesn't follow the Mandalorian rules, right? He's had his helmet off the whole time. He's not doing all, you know, he just kind of was a twit. I didn't like him either. But uh, so I was trying to figure out, I'm like, so why are they calling these guys Mandalorian? They're wearing Mandalorian armor, but they're not Mandalorian. And I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how, what the evolution of the Mandalorian lore is because how far back do you go? Because that was a generation before with Jango Fett because that's yeah. basically Boba Fett's father, a legitimate father. No, actually, he was a clone. No, he's a clone. Boba, Boba Fett was a clone, but but so just this, like all this, the clones are his, basically his children. <laughs> right. Say, so this is what I read because I, I, I had to go down this this hole because I was, I was, I'm, I was like, I don't like the fact that they called him a Mandalorian. He's, he's basically a bounty hunter that's wearing Mandalorian armor, but he's not a Mandalorian. Speaking of Boba Fett, Jenga Fett apparently was originally a Mandalorian foundling, just like Mando. And, uh, but what happened was, is he, he did some, some nefarious shit and got disavowed. So they said, no, you're no longer a Mandalorian. And we're not talking a race, so you can't really say race-wise he's a Mandalorian. It's a faith, and and he was kicked out of the of the of the group. So the fact that then say that Boba, who picked up his wearing his armor as a Mandalorian, is even worse to say because he's not. He he basically is wearing a disavowed Mandalorian 
armor. So he's just, a, he's a wannabe. He's a faker. And it just was one of those that, it just, it one, it's one of those things that always bugged me that the fact that, you know, but I get it. He well, had maybe the they'll cool address armor. it a little bit more. I mean, Boba Fett in, in season two, which we haven't gotten there, but he's, well, they're getting wearing, a spinoff too, but he never wears a helmet, you know, even when he gets his, his, uh, yeah. his, uh, well, gear back. I mean, he has it on occasionally, but not, yeah, he but that's, that, he's getting good. a spinoff too. So, I mean, and, and there may be more stuff that uh, was in some of the, the cartoons, the, the clone wars and the rebels, but it was just one of those things that always bugged me that, He's not necessarily a Mandalorian, and a lot of people, but a lot of people picked up the fact that he was coming back. And I thought, I'm like, okay, fine, that's cool. Uh, I want to see how you guys explain how he got out of the Sarlacc pit. What they didn't really do, but that's for next next episode. Uh, I don't know if they ever season. will. There's there's been uh, there's been books I think written about Boba Fett <laughs> and how he got that. I don't oh, know really? if they're canon or not. Uh, I don't but, think they uh, are. But, I heard that. But that there's. He, what, I think I think George Lucas before before he sold it to Disney, to Disney he authorized certain time periods to be uh-huh. uh, a, you canon. Know, well, not necessarily canon, but he let writers just do what they wanted. He didn't. He he kind of claimed the time for for what they decided. Disney chose kind of the canon after they bought it, right? They said, "Well, this is canon where we're what we're talking okay. about." I don't I don't know for sure. I don't. Uh, but there is an official. Um, this is canon. This is not list out there. I don't know who decided what it was and how they figured it. Kathleen out. Kennedy, I, maybe, but everyone maybe. <laughs> but I think I think um, I think a lot of the books did not get canon. I don't know. Uh, it, they did not. There's, no, you're correct. And you're and correct. they call that like the, the extended universe or whatever. So there's the there's canon and there's EU, which is which people the the people who know discuss <laughs> and and I don't know I don't know enough about it but I think a lot of the um the clone war cartoon and the rebels cartoon um it's canon and, right are are canon yeah. and, and that's and so I think that's what sets a lot of it up um and so I think that's kind of where a lot of it comes from but you know it is what it is there's so much out there and and man talk about you could go forever trying to learn all that and, and probably never get it all. There's so much. Um, <laughs> it, it makes me want to kind of go watch some of the cartoons. And when I say cartoons, I don't mean like, it's not like Saturday morning cartoons. It, it's a very well done, you know, well animated. animated. Yeah. I remember seeing yeah. Clone Wars movie back when it came out, you know, 15 years ago or what. And that was, that was pretty legit. And I think that was the first introduction I think to that kind of style of animation that yeah. continued in the series. Yeah, it was it was definitely a uh, a newer interesting one. All right, well let's let's get back into some of these episodes and talk about more about season one initially. Okay, what episode are we going to talk about? <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, well I mean let's just run down the list, right? We get we get chapter one, The Mandalorian. Uh, this was directed by uh, Dave uh, Fellini. Fellini. Yeah, I, I, I had thought when I first watched it that it was John Favreau that directed the first one, but uh, he no, didn't it, direct any of them. Yeah, yeah, he was just uh, kind of he was he wrote Overlord. Uh, I think he wrote all but one. Uh, I was looking at it somewhere. I okay. can't even remember where I saw that, but he wrote all but one of them, and uh, and then direct. Oh, I know where I saw it. Huh. I printed some stuff out. Well, he certainly yeah. must have kind of uh, overseen the style of this to really put oh, it in he was Western definitely... genre. And, and you know, that whole opening introduction in the bar when he pulls the guy through and gets gets the guy gets yeah. kind of severed in half. Uh, as he was... So John, Fa- 
Yeah, John Favreau wrote all but five and six. Okay. Um, and five was written by Dave uh, Philo- Filoni. Filoni. I think it's Filoni. Um, and then six was written by Christopher Yost. Okay. Um, so this was one. Um, and then so Dave Filoni uh, directed the first one. Then you had Rick. Um, and five was the one in, at Tatooine, right, where, that we were talking about with the— The with Gunslinger. The, the gunslinger. Oh yeah. And then, and yeah. then the prison break, the prisoner, right? Or, prison break was six. Yeah. So really the, the story was one, two, three, seven, and eight, right? The main, the main yeah. story. The arc. And then, yeah. And the rest yeah, were four, five, and six were side adventures that filled in that like, I mean, they gave him other, other than six really doesn't set anything up for eight. I think even episode two was a little a little side adventure, you know, where they, he's battling the Jawas and, and then that, you know, you get a little bit at the end when you, when it's revealed that, uh, that the asset has some force powers. But other than that, it's, I think, uh, it, it's, I think that's what it was there to do was to, to develop that. And, and also, um, the common, the, the connection between them, the start of yeah. the connection between them. Now it was something I just picked up this morning watching this and I didn't notice it the first time I rewatched it uh, for this for the podcast but I I flipped it on again and after um, before the Jawas uh, destroy the ship and he's walking through the the kind of cavern and he gets jumped right and he fights off those those other bounty hunters and he figures out that's other guys have fobs and they're after him he got cut on the arm and he's sitting there fixing it like you know with some kind of you know zapper you know healer thing and uh, Baby Yoda comes up, and you can see him start to try and heal him. <laughs> and then he turns around and gives him, like, a little high five before he got a chance to heal him. And I had never noticed it until that. Until that, I was like, oh, shit, they fucking, sh-, you know, foreshadowed this early, early on. Nice. But nobody yeah. notices it, and I yeah. didn't hear anybody else say anything <laughs> about it. And I was just like, did I pick up on something no one else did? I'm like, oh, damn. And, you know, that reminds me of that great scene in episode eight when uh, Carl Weathers is saying, you know, trying to get the, <laughs> trying to get the uh, the child to to do, use the force. He's all, can't you just like do, stick your, do your hand thing? And then, yeah. And he waves at him and kind of kind of smiles. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> oh, so another uh, another good scene with that. And, and this is where we get the healing scene is after they had the attack by the the pterodactyl things or whatever. Dragons, which I think yeah, whatever those are. I didn't like that scene. It bugged. I just it, I wish I don't know. I, they could have got he could have got hurt some other way to do the heal. That one just it seemed to go on too long and kind of didn't really pay off too much for me personally. It seemed but, like the 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 amount of weaponry they had they could have <laughs> stopped those beasts a little bit more. But I I it it was I, the fact that they came down and grabbed one of those creatures and lifted it yeah. off. And then when Boba Fett like or, I'm sorry Boba Fett Mando shoots his uh, flamethrower <laughs> thrower and 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 that one goes flying off in flames. That was so cool. Flame. That there was that, but yeah, I was kind of it was kind of perturbed. I was like, Ugh, it did. I mean, okay. But the best part is is um, and I'm I'm gonna get his name this time. So uh, Carl Weathers played Grief Carga uh, Carga. And he gets that that cut on the arm, and when he's laying there, like, oh, I'm not gonna make it. I'm ready. And and Baby Yoda's walking up. He's like, oh, get him away from me! Try and eat. I, you know, it's one of those. What did you say? You cut out. Say it again. Oh, he 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 said uh, he's like, get him away from me. He's gonna try and eat me. <laughs> you know, and I I just it was one of those. It's I don't know if it's a an improv line or what it was if it was written in it, but it was funny and and hey. it made me laugh. 
we we mentioned Carl Weathers. I I I it's something about the music when the music it hits a certain theme in in the music and it reminds yeah. me of the Rocky theme after he wins after he wins and that's the same theme that man the Mandalorian has and so you know Carl Weathers being uh, Apollo Creed in in, yeah. in Rocky it I just thought that was kind of coincidental <laughs> someone someone else had mentioned that too oh yeah but, you know you know I it's funny when I know I should have picked him up as Creed and stuff like that because it's such a bigger movie. I saw him and I went, "Oh, he's Chubbs from Adam Sandler's uh, Happy Gilmore." <laughs> and, <laughs> With the hand, the, the yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, which I was I was laughing about it when I was watching it again. And there's a, there's a scene and he's got a big glove on on one hand. I'm like, "Oh my god, it is Chubb because it looks like he's got that big hand." stuff nice i was like oh that's too funny that's he funny. actually does a really yeah. good job this, this my second watching i i picked up on i think there were a couple characters that like an episode eight that that genius scene when the when the scout troopers are are firing oh. trying to okay you know that well and i and i and it was one of them that said something and the way they said something it reminded me of a saturday night live skit one of my favorite skits the uh espn commentators um but anyway, it's Jason Sudeikis, the yeah. and 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 I ha- I even looked it up, going, "Oh my God, that's Pete Twinkle," um, which <laughs> if, if the, the ESPN the ESPN um, classics. If you if you haven't seen on Saturday Night uh, Live, look it up on YouTube. Pete Twinkle and Greg Stink. Some of those are funny. just hilarious. They're just two commentators. Um, but so, anyway, and and, and then okay. the other guy is also in. Uh, he's. He was in Iron Man three. He was the, he was the uh, yeah the tower or the um, I um great I, cameraman the cameraman that that Iron Man goes and steals his van you know oh okay yeah takes over his van to get the signal <laughs> and stuff but anyway so he's the other scout l- let's let's talk okay those two were involved in in two scenes right or two parts of the show that uh got them death threats essentially on Twitter and everything like that, right? What? Oh yeah. Like people were hating on them big time. And the one was is is they're the ones that uh took off after um uh to do Nick Nolte. Can, I think Nick Nolte, uh his character as he was trying to uh Krill 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 Krilla? I can't I don't know it's K U I I L. How are you I don't know. That? He's the the pig guy that, that you know. He's, <laughs> pig guy, it's, yeah. Well, it's the same character that was in yeah. Empire Strikes Back. Those 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 um, pig faced characters that that oh, rip C three PO apart. So we've seen that character oh. that, that species before. Okay, I got you. Um, so, in fact, yeah. In fact, speaking of that, that you know that that same scene in Empire Strikes Back when uh, C right before C three PO gets torn apart, he runs into another. Uh, C-3PO unit or another oh, right, right, protocol yeah. droid and the protocol droid turns to him and says Ichuta you know something like that that line that that insult is is repeated in this in this movie at at some point and I just thought it was great because you, you could tell it's oh. being insulting and they actually use the same language Ichuta nice. it's the same thing so, <laughs> just just to call out to that anyway, so anyways totally those two the two speeder the two speeder uh uh troopers right they go after him as he's trying to get uh baby yoda back to the ship to protect him and you know we see the the speeder guy pick up baby yoda and then they show him dead and it's just like first off and and that was (laughs) they can't shoot to hit anything so how the hell did they shoot him and kill him (laughs) you know well uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe they had tracking on those little yeah. the, the speeders themselves. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I was thinking maybe the speeder bikes had guns, but I couldn't remember that either. But anyways. Oh, yeah, they do. They have them at the bottom. So so they, they take him out. At least and, they do and, in Return of the Jedi. Uh, I'm assuming these do. Uh, yeah, because yeah, he starts he starts firing them when the IG unit takes over the the speeder and flies into oh, the town. Okay. He starts firing it all over the place, along with so, his own guns. Yeah, uh, so he, he, they kill him, right? Which was uh, so I have to say, out of this entire eight episodes, that was the one that got me emotionally more than anything else. Like, <laughs> if if anything sure. brought a tear a tear to my eye, it was that. I was like, oh, fuck, there's something about his character. He's got that stoicism, that that elder he, feel, yeah, that father figure, that and grandpa then, and, feel, and, and yeah, and you feel that you know he's doing, he's he yeah he's doing everything. He's doing he God's work, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and it's it it was his time, and uh, keep going. Anyway, that uh, it, it was, uh, yeah, I agree. It was really an emotional so, moment. You so really that was the him, one, him right? And and the only person that could have done it was those two speeder bikes, right? Then we get the next episode, and they 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 pull up, and the one of them's got you know Baby Yoda in the little sack, and they're, they're smacking him. <laughs> yeah, he punches him twice, and people are people lost their shit on that. Like he was getting serious threats on, uh, like Twitter and stuff. For a movie, punching a puppet. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, and you know what? I, I think that's one of the most genius scenes of the whole series because it because a lot of people have problems with their the stormtroopers and, and their inability to shoot. It, it, <laughs> that, it's hilarious. It's, uh, you know, Taiki Wakiti or however, uh-huh. uh, he directs that episode. He also plays the IG-11 uh, yep. character in this and um, and is currently shooting I guess they've already started uh, pre-production or shooting of the new uh, Thor movie the year yeah. 11, 11 uh, something. Love and Thunder Love and Thunder so so it's I thought it was a brilliant scene and I don't know yeah you get people that are upset about that does that oh, really but matter that, it, I was, mean, it was one of my favorite like, scenes though I agree I agree it's, it was, just some, it, it's just it was, some guys like it that's being in the military, that's what it's like when you're out by just two guys, like waiting for commands or something. You're just sitting there, like, "Fuck, what are we gonna do?" And then shooting and missing that thing from five feet away, the can't well, whatever. I mean, oh, and so then hilarious. the IG unit at least takes them out, so they get what's coming to them. Yeah. So why it, why are they blaming that on the actors? That I I think that's a, it, that's it's silly. just Twitter. It's it's people you know people in their basement that got nothing better to do, but. I, speaking I, of the... I respect them and I honor them. I think, <laughs> I think it was brilliant work, and uh, and and yeah, you can't you can't call the actors out on that. I I, I think the, I, would, I, I agree. think the Star Wars universe is better off for that scene. I, I, and <laughs> I don't think I don't think the actors really cared much. They're like whatever. Um, but then you know, talking about stormtroopers and, and giving them shit. Another one, which was another great uh, line, essentially, was in Episode Six, uh, the prisoner. Where they're going on there, and uh, Bill Burr, who who I just a hilarious comedian, I love Bill Burr. He's in this, and he plays a um, an um, uh, ex Empire like uh, sharpshooter, and and, he, and Mando goes, well, that's not saying much, and right away he's like, I wasn't a stormtrooper, and so uh, I I was laughing about that because I was like, that's just too funny because I mean it, it calls it out again, you know. 
not being able to shoot, not well, even, being able to hit anything. Yeah, even even uh, Bill Burr does the he he uh, parodies um, the Gungan voice. They you know the Jar Jar oh, even yeah. does that during that same uh, uh, episode, and I and he does it in a in a you know. A, 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 a way of making fun of, of Mando or, or maybe he's making fun of the, the child. I can't remember. Uh, but, uh, but that's another thing. It's it, they're, they're not afraid to poke fun at their own right. um, deficiencies in the series. You know, yeah. If you will. So funny thing about Bill Burr. And, and I think this was on one of the late night shows uh, when this was coming out, he was, he was one of the guests. And so it, over his career, he, he's in his, his up acts and in, in just general and stuff, he's given a lot of shit to, to star Wars nerds. He's he's really like went to town on him, and so and a lot of them have come back, you know, with hatred for him. You know, just, I bet he go know. go to town on this whoever gave death threats to right. Jason Sudeikis so, or whatever. But here's the thing: is he's just laughing his ass off. He's like, I think it's so funny that these guys now have to watch me be in Star Wars <laughs> after giving them so you know. And it was just one. I of am canon. Made, <laughs> yeah, he goes. It just makes me laugh so much, and I was like, uh, so funny. Um, and I, I know it's a, it, it's a little bit into, uh, I heard it after more after the second season, uh, but they, you know, he has that kind of minor Boston accent, right? No matter what he's talking, it, it shows up. And so people were giving him shit like, Where, where's the guy in space getting a Boston accent? He's like, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, that's what you're worried about? It's like, God damn. So well, maybe he's, he's uh, what was it? Carrie Fisher in, in the original New Hope Star Wars. She has a British, you know, a, a kind of a, a British style accent at yeah. sometimes, <laughs> and then an American accent at other times. And I think they actually played this off. They tried to acknowledge this in the in the prequels with Queen Amidala, how when she's in more of a royal setting, oh. she she has this more uh, sophisticated British accent. Whereas when she's uh, Padme, she's she's just kind of a, a oh, that's funny know, lowly. And I think that was their way of trying to acknowledge or trying to <laughs> add um, appease. Yeah, or, or just trying to say, "Hey, we meant to do that," which is ridiculous. Right. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so let's 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 really quick. We're going to talk um, the the three the chapter four, five, and six were what we call um, non main story stories, sure. right? We we talked a little bit about four already. That's sanctuary. They go to the town. They save the village. That that's uh, main yeah. point was to was I, to introduce Cara Dune. Yeah, and right? I really liked the the. Uh, ATST, I thought that looked great. I thought some of the combat stuff was shit, though. I mean, it, it seemed so <laughs> under the plan; just didn't make sense. Oh, let's go well, in and so it, that was just to me. It seemed like they should have had someone that knew about tactics come in and help the, help the scriptwriters design something I, that I think made what it was is sense. <laughs> I think what it was is they were really trying to pay homage to the the old Seven Samurai, okay. Magnificent Seven type, where. They they set a perimeter around the and try and keep them up. Remember, you're you're teaching people that barely know how to hold a rake, or I guess really know how to roll, hold a rake to to be a shooter and stuff like that. You know, someone that doesn't have any com, common sense for combat. You know, basically you had two fighters against a, a battalion and a, a walker. So I I, yeah. I think it worked. It wasn't yeah, it wasn't great, but I really it, enjoyed it. It also reminded me of Star Trek Insurrection. I don't know if you've seen that oh, one. Yeah. But that was like that was where they went down to kind of a, a village and stuff, and and they came in yeah. and helped them protect themselves. So, kind of the same thing, yeah. yeah. So it's it's paying homage to that type, yeah. right? Um, 
then we have the gunslinger, and this is this is the one where we get our uh, wannabe Han Solo bounty hunter guy, and you know it, it's on Tatooine. They go into uh, Mos Eisley. They go into the cantina, and you know it's first off, it, the bartender's a droid, right? So everybody's right off. Sure, the back it's that going, same droid from Return of the Jedi, the the one that's uh, I think uh, torturing other droids. Oh, <laughs> same I think, style. I think, I, yeah. But, but I mean, well, you think about back in, in New Hope, right? The, what do they say? No droids. So yeah. now it's not right. only is it <laughs> no right. droid. Now, um, <laughs> then, and this is a lot That's of people funny. had I a problem. That. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people had a problem with this one. And it's funny. I was like, I picked it up right away. I was like, okay, he's sitting in the same booth where we meet Han for the first time, right? Okay. And right. he's got his leg up on the table. It's It's the whole you know, want to be Han. And they're, they're saying, you know, it was a shout out to it and stuff like that. But a lot of people were like, yeah, but this guy's such a dweeb and it's not really cool. And they were getting pissy. And I'm like, man, they're just trying to give you some fan service. Like, Hey, remember this thing? It, it, who cares if it's a dorky character and not a great guy? Cause he's not, he's, he's a shitty bounty hunter and, and you're not well, supposed and he gets to what's like coming him. to him in the end too. So well, that's it is you're not supposed to like him, And that's that, that's the whole point. I love that they go and get the speeder bikes and then they kind of like, that's that kind of uh what's um, what's the movie? Uh, I think it's Robert Redford where they, they take out on the bikes um, on the motorcycles. Uh, oh, you mean Jack Nicholson and, uh, and uh, easy rider. So, yeah, Easy Rider. It kind of it just like them going across the desert on those Peter bikes Fonda. and kind of yeah, that's it. Peter Fonda. Dennis pulling Hopper. out, yeah, okay, <laughs> pulling out in front of each other and yeah. kind of doing that. It, it just had that feel to me too. I was like, oh, that's kind of gritty and cool, and I like that. I, and then they come across the sand people, which oh, is right? great because they're like, he's like seeing them far away, and then suddenly they're boom right behind right him. behind him. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I I loved uh, the fact too that they they brought back in the sand people and. They didn't bring them back in like they were in the originals where it's just like these, you know, non-intelligent fighter, you know, nomads. He's talking to them and, you know, and stuff like that. I was like, sure. that's so cool. Um, it just Well, it, and it, it, it takes, uh, you know, a Mandalorian in a sense that's, that's, you know, kind of off the beaten path that, you know, associates on the street. You know, he's like a street person. You know, he's yeah. the one that knows how to communicate with with this level of person yeah I'm, I'm kind of equating it to 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 you know our world where right we see homeless and stuff and and we shy away from him but but if you're a little bit more on the streets and dealing with that you know, to, you know how to communicate you know how to how to deal with it yeah. and i know i know they can talk talk languages but but i mean in this case in this case that's kind of it shows that he's kind of at that level and if you just if you're just at yeah. that level you can well i mean he also he also what, speaks to the jawas Right, does he? It's the first time, yeah. In the, oh, in that second that. episode, yeah, he uh, they actually communicate in. Uh, I think I don't know if if it's just because I have the subtitles up or if it just showed it anyways. But yeah, he he speaks to the Jawas when he's trying to get his stuff back, and uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of funny because uh, the Jawas talking back to him called him. He said, "Your Jawas uh, horrible." He goes, "You sound like a Wookie," um, which I you know <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I I like this. I like this story because. One, it just shows that he, in a way, he's doing what he has to do to to provide for his his new, uh, you know, foundling, his son, his baby Yoda. He took this job because he knew it'd be worth some money. He took it even though he knows that it's going to be tough. 
uh, if he doesn't do it, this kid's getting killed. Like, you know, he's like, <laughs> they had a great line too. After he got shot, he's like, he's like, oh, it survived because I got Baskar on. He's like, well, I don't have Baskar. And he goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> he like, just left it at that. He's like, oh, shit. And, Man, a few uh, words, yeah. Yeah. And, and then we get uh, we get the other bounty hunter that uh, she comes back in, the, in later in season two. But isn't she from uh, Asians of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yes. So yeah. interesting thing. <laughs> She she is uh, she's the first to do the trifecta of Disney. She is a Disney princess because she was the voice of Mulan. Nice. She was uh, Agents of Shield, so she's been in Marvel and she's in Star Wars. She was the voice so, of Mulan. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, she's got the the Disney trifecta. She hit all she hit all the things and and the only one to do that. So she's a, a nice Disney trivia. princess. I did not know that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't remember where I saw that, but it was, it was pretty cool. I, I and yeah, she's a great character. Um, we don't get a lot of her in this um, this episode. You know, we get very little. She gets captured. Um, then there's the the back and forth between the the shitty Han and <laughs> and her about you know Mando's worth more than I am, and you know, and then the kid just kills her, or we believe kills her. Right. And right. I thought that was, that was at first I was like rolling my eyes. Like, is he going to fall for this? And the fact that he, that he killed her, I thought at least he was, you know, if he's going to do something that, that drastic, that was at least to, in my opinion, kind of the smart thing to do. If you're going to, if you're going to buy into what she's saying, you can't just leave her. You got to take her out. I, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, but it was just, it was kind of stupid to begin with. If you think, I mean, it shows the kids got no brains. It's like, I agree with you there. I just think that he was trying to cover himself. He's like, I'm about to do something stupid. I'm young. I probably don't know what I'm doing. I better kill her. You know, at least I'm going to, you know, at least I, I sever that possibility of being stabbed in the back by her later, you know? Well, I think it was more like, I would have looked at it as like, look, okay, I couldn't have got this girl, this lady on my own, right? Mando definitely was better than that, and he got her. And now I'm going to kill her and try and take out Mando on my own. It's like... I couldn't eat this elephant on my own, so I'm going to put this away, and I'm going to go try and eat that whale. It's like, you know, it just, it made, it showed how dumb and, dumb he and, was. And he ended up paying the price, you know? Yes. Yeah, and so. <laughs> and he, used, I, I think, he got the same sort of flair used against him. He should have seen yeah. that coming because that's what right. protected them when they were on their speeders. Right. So I, I think this, like I said, this was a, a throwaway but set up episode or chapter they call them chapters and then we had the prisoner and then the prisoner was an interesting and someone uh equated it to being um similar to almost like a horror movie in some of the things that they did like there was some of the scenery where there the the red light and the tunnels and kind of had that creepiness and there's one where it's uh i think it was when the the male that they had broken out was kind of standing in and then the show behind him and it's like mando is like <laughs> Oh, you know, right. 30 feet and he, away. And then he disappears. When it, yeah. It's, yeah, it's that sort of strobe effect. I know yeah. exactly. And it was like, oh, they're playing like there was there was lights out, that movie where yeah. the light goes on and off. And it dis, and yeah, that's nice. I thought of Suicide Squad with that episode. Okay. Uh, just you had kind of the crazy criminal element that we're all yeah. ganging a lot of people, to try to do something. like. In, yeah, a lot of people were calling Squad. it a heist heist type and, and mm -hmm. Ocean Eleven type. Um, I... I, I I liked and didn't like this episode. Some people really liked it. I think it was kind of one of those is you re you you liked it or you didn't like it. There was no. You I, I think all three of these episodes there were things I really liked and things that bugged me. Like 
like this one, I thought some of the uh, some of the action sequences just didn't. They looked kind of lame. I don't know when he was fighting some of they were fighting some of those robots, but then other times, like I love with that Berg, you know the the big uh, devil guy, the the, the door. He's got that big fight scene, which I thought was brilliant. You know, Mando gets his flamethrower and he mm-hmm. you, you know fries his face. And the guy just kind of laughs it off, like, "Hey, that's, yeah. I'm a devil. What do you expect?" Yeah. Um, and and yeah, and the fact that you know he caught the door, but then the other thing slammed, you know, <laughs> slammed on his face. I thought that was that was really well done. So they're kind of a mix for me. Yeah, I liked it because it introduced Bill Burr, and I liked his character. Um, uh, it was funny. The guy that was on the ship that he talks to earlier uh, was a character or plays a character in um, Sons of Anarchy. And uh, so it was just one of okay. those. It was kind of a cool, cool for me to see someone from a show that I really like in that too. And I was like, oh, that guy. I liked how uh, they showed what you know his, you know, the fact that he had gone off with the child and broken his, broken off with the guild. How that affected him, you know, in all these episodes, like, you know, in in all four of these episodes, it affects him in some way. They they betray him in in the in the yep. gunslinger in the prisoner. That you know they. Right off the bat, he says, "Oh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take advantage of this," and you know, they use it against him later. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, so, so yeah, these aren't necessarily episodes that are directly it, it's, consequential it, it's, to the overall arcing story, but they certainly do play play. A, so, what they role. remind me of is, and we just did this recently, was Age of Ultron, where you don't necessarily see everything that's being set up until you see the final product and then think back on it or go back on it, right? You know, we don't see, uh, you know, we get Cara Dune that comes back later. We get, um, you know, uh, spoilers for season season two. You know, some of these characters come back in season two. So they, they have set up properties in them that aren't necessarily pushing the main story for the season one, but pushing the main story overall kind of thing. So and I, that's and that's what I really like. And I bet you, if I go back, if you go back and watch them again, sometimes after maybe watching through season one and two, potentially even season three, I bet you we'll pick up some more stuff because that's a John Favreau type thing. Is he he sprinkles that shit in there? You know, it's he knows I, I think, he knows a little bit where he's going with the story. And yes, so, yeah. I I don't I think it's fair with these series that that they don't always know where they're going. I know like yeah. even some of the best of Breaking Bad, which I think is one of the best <laughs> when you when you look at a series as a whole it, it it is a complete there's there's something very complete about it but i know that when they were shooting season four you know they didn't know when they did the first episode where it was going to go you know that all that is part of the planning i know with that in mind better call Saul. they've got the last season coming out and um you know they don't they didn't know after season four where they were going with it so but but you have an idea, and yeah, it's yeah. nice to to plant some things. In 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 the in the off chance you get there, you're going to be able to say, "Yep, see, I knew what I was doing the whole time." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, those, I mean, there were good episodes. There were things about them. Like, like I said, they 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 had a different feel, and this is where it's very episodical, you know, monster of the week kind of thing, and it works. Um, but it still also is that that long term. Then we get into episode seven, and I, I think seven and eight are almost, you know, they're. It's almost like they don't finish anything in seven. It kind of just it it. It's like just, part one. It's like part, part one. Of, part one. Of, part of, two. Of, yeah. of the finale. Yeah. Now, and this is where we we were first introduced to to um, oh, what's his name? We were talking about him earlier. Uh, Gus Moff. Fring. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, I had it here. Where did he go? Um, oh, I, I... Great podcasting here. Uh, <laughs> Moff Gideon. Moff Got Gideon. And, um, Giancarlo people... Esponito, right? Yeah. Uh, people were just ecstatic with him and, and super happy that it was him and all excited. And, and I just kind of <laughs> looked at him and I was like, this dollar store wannabe Darth Vader looking motherfucker. <laughs> well, like, he is, there's something about his character in Breaking Bad that I think is, is so effective that I think people were hoping to see out of this character. It's a different character. Yeah. And I agree. It's nothing. It's, it's just, although there is a scene where, where he's, He's shooting it. He's the one that shoots Mando in the head at one point, and then and then he's about to shoot him again, but then he shoots and causes the explosion. I thought that was pretty, right. pretty nice. It kind of showed that he's well. Like, that shows his intelligence a yeah. little bit, you know. And and that's <laughs> this is another one where he's got all these stormtroopers and they can't do a goddamn thing. I mean, other they bring in the flamethrower guy, which I was cool, that was cool seeing a different um, stormtrooper type um, guy. Okay, so here's uh-huh. here's the cool uh, cool thing I heard about, and, and I even texted my buddy because he's part of this um they actually brought in um i don't i don't know if they call them consider themselves cosplayers but there's a group uh called the uh 501st um and they're they they dress up as stormtroopers and and all the yeah and, and they've uh, done so they've this isn't the first time that i think i'm trying to think back on another another movie that was made where they called them on and i can't think of it yeah so they they're part of this. Well, a good friend of mine, Bill Reed, uh, who I was in the Coast Guard with, he uh, he is now part of them and, and uh, has you know a couple different. He has a stormtrooper. I think he even has a Boba Fett. You know, get up and stuff like that. And so I was reading one of the things, and they were talking about that um, they were actually they almost had to uh, dumb down some of the the five hundred first people that came in. Because their their stuff made the others look bad, like, <laughs> like theirs were better than the actual uh, Disney's, you know, costume department. It was like, oh man! But I just thought that was cool. Like, how how cool would that be to be, you know, that big of a fan to do that, nice. and then then to get get to be part of the the show. I thought I thought when they were repres- they did a lot of flashbacks in these episodes with uh, mm-hmm. with the Mandalorians rescuing the the Mando when he was a child. And and also episode three or yeah episode three when when they all yeah, they come, come to his rescue at the end, and there's a couple of those Mandalorians that you know they they're coming down in their jetpacks and they're just all all buffed out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And do you remember? Uh, I I think it was like in the mid '80s they came out with a whole new line of action figures, and they weren't the same as the old ones. They were the power oh, of the bit. force. They were called the power of the force. Oh no! And they were all buff. It was like I, I swear it was these action figures that were buff. You had your buff on solo. Your and I don't know why. I think it was it was this machismo that they were trying to tap into and it was it was I thought it was ridiculous. And, and someone but, mixed some steroids in the plastic but, and that's what happened. But when I saw those Mandalorians flying in looking all buff, yeah. it reminded me of those Power of the Force action figures and I'm wondering if it was a nod to that. And and I don't know if anyone's listening to this I, or maybe I'll look it up because I, well, I thought I mean, it was brilliant. It's like guys, oh, guys in armor, <laughs> guys in armor. I mean, are big. You're going to look bigger. I mean, the I, one I guy know, that came I, in with the big Gatling gun thing, and he he was definitely a bigger guy. He that was, was the. I think that was the one. The one with the big well, but Gatling he was, gun flying into the jet. Yeah, he was, he was the one that he fought with earlier. 
Yeah, well, he, to me, it so, looked like he was a power of the force. Uh, <laughs> that's <homage>. funny. <laughs> yeah, um, that's another one. I, I I think that Mandalorians are cool as shit. I'm I'm, I'm going to start off with that. But I have an issue with stuff that happened during this one where... Um, which which one? Are you talking about episode uh, seven or... No, I think it's episode three okay. where where he, he... He gets all the come, armor made and... They come in and, and they protect him and stuff like that. And yeah, they look badass there and they're fighting against this, this bounty hunter guild. Bounty hunters should be pretty good fighters and they're kicking their ass just left and right. But then later on, they come and they show this pile of armor... Because they got they they came through and wiped them. I'm like, that's an episode so, eight. Yeah, yeah. So how the fuck do you go from being these badasses that whoop the ass out of all these bounty hunters to get your ass whooped by what some ragtag fucking stormtrooper? I mean, it's like how it just doesn't make sense. Like they're supposed to be these badass fighters, and I then all I I think they represented that pretty well in episode eight, where they showed that it wasn't so much. I mean, they they even brought in the. Uh, the you know the the ones in all the black armors. What are those called? Like they're like, oh, the, I don't know. The, they were the they big, were also the in batter- Rogue, Rogue One. The the real the badass yeah. troopers. Uh, I don't know what it's called, but but it it was you got a sense that it wasn't so much their skill. It was their numbers. They just kept coming. It wasn't a question of of whether I mean, and and we were it was already established that the uh, the Mandalorian were few in numbers. They they were they were they were down. Well, but in, they, they were, I mean, they had what fourteen, fifteen of them come jumping in that 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 area. Okay. I, I'm just, I'm I just, just it was just one of those ones that didn't didn't sit well with me as far as like okay, if you're telling me these are the baddest fucking warriors around and yeah, you know, it just it it was rough. But I did like I do. Hundred percent love the fucking battle with the uh, the armorer, and you know she's just sitting there, kind of in her in her trance pose. Oh, yeah, I even looked up uh, looked up the actor that played that role, and I I was surprised to find that it wasn't someone that that had like a martial arts background because because I thought that little that little quick thing where she takes out you know the ten troopers that are surrounding her. Yeah, brutal. Well, she, and, and she's fighting with a with a pair of tongs and a hammer. <laughs> I know, and she and shatters that one. beating ass. It to me that one that one had a very Vikinging feel to it. Um, yeah, just her and her armor with the 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 fur, and she just had this. She reminded me of like an old school, just burly up, you know, armored up Viking. And and when she went to town with that hammer and 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 her tongs like that, I was like, fuck. Yeah, that was awesome. And then that was another reason. I'm like, okay. So it couldn't have been stormtroopers that came in because she just fucking handled them, right? She just <laughs> she just handled that shit. So I, it just was one of those things is it's hard for me to believe that they, especially if, if they're all wearing Beskar, like, right, you know, that you're going to have to do more than just shoot us with a bunch of lasers because the Beskar you know, blows that shit off. It just was one of those ones I had a hard time. Now, I would have been happier to see, okay, you know, maybe maybe there's one or two left, and and she's you know she's leaving. You know, she's she's like I'm the last one to leave, kind of thing like that. And they have that same fight, but don't don't make it that they wiped out a bunch of them. That just to me was kind of. We already knew they had to leave, so let them leave. You know, save that save that shit for another day. You know, they 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 gave up their hidey hole. They all just left. There there would have it would have changed the story none really. Yeah. that i i see so well, maybe that was just a, a small fraction of of the, the the spoils and a lot of them did get away 
Yeah, and, we'll, I, and we'll see them come back. And we, I'm, I don't you know, know. It was a pretty big pile of armor. I, yeah. Well, but, well, she's also the person that forges the armor. You know, it could have been uh, things that people were coming to pick up. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. I'll hope, hopefully that's what it was. But I think the, I think the, the, the language they spoke said yes, that they I, got, you're right. Yeah, you're which right. I was like, I, I was kind of bummed. And then, you know, then we get that whole, I, I, I didn't, I didn't like, uh, Moff Gideon. Um, I don't know. He, I, he just doesn't seem to me like I, he, he maybe seems like a good bad guy. He just, but doesn't seem, I, I don't know. I don't care for him. I know you're not supposed to like the bad guy, but I don't even like him as a bad guy. And I know I'm probably in the minority of that. You know, people love him. Um, just the I, way he I, did stuff, I thought it was kind of To me, I liked weird. him because he was Gus Fring in Breaking Bad. I don't think <laughs> the role in this was, was that much. And and I think yeah. it even gets worse in, in season two, which we haven't gotten yeah. to. Um, but I will, I will point out, um, you know, in Breaking Bad, Gus Fring gets his half his face blown off his you know and 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 in episode eight um the mandalorian when he's flying and he lands on the tie fighter and he plants the he plants the the charges on the same side of the face (laughs) so i don't know if that was i don't know if that's a coincidence or if that was an homage to breaking bad or and the character gus fring it's like he got taken out on 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 one one side of his face um Anyway, so and that was an interest. That was an interesting fight. Kind of, kind of weird. Kind of, you know. I understand that they did it so that they could have the Tie Fighter crash, right? And and so that they can get the the big reveal of him cutting himself out of it with, with his what's called what's called the dark saber. Apparently, oh yeah. Uh, okay, is that what it is? So, so uh, apparently, if you know what this is, people lost their shit and geeked out fucking fully. Um, <laughs> apparently, it's it's like. Um, it's it's not like a Jedi weapon, but it is like a Jedi weapon. But it's it was the the ruling sword of the Mandalorian people. Like if you had that, you you ruled Mandalore. Oh really, Mandalore? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, so I it, knew nothing about it, but to me, I, I didn't either. Say, oh, there was a lightsaber. Oh, and this is a dark saber. That's yeah, that's, and that's yeah. kind of what I thought too. I was like, that's stupid. I, I didn't care for it when I first saw it. I was like, really? Come on. And then. But apparently it has a big lore. It's uh, in the, the Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff. It comes up, but it, it has to do with who 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 controls Mandalore. So people were geeking out, and that's what that was our big cliffhanger at the end of the the season, essentially. And so uh, you know we know it sets up for season two where Mando is definitely going to be fighting with this guy because he wants he wants the asset. And really, that that sword should be with the Mandalorian. So it really sets up a, a good back and forth for season two. Um, the battles, like IG IG Eleven, um, I think definitely wins uh, for coolest character. Um, Thank you. I absolutely agree with that. And we hadn't talked about him. I, I almost felt that you weren't into the droid characters, <laughs> oh. but I loved. No, him. no, was, yeah. I was from from jump like when he showed up and I think it's in episode one. Yeah, you know when he's going and he's just coming in there and blasting shit, and then and then I he's love like, how he, he he like he fires from yeah. whatever you know he's got all these eyes out of his head. You yeah, know? Um, he's badass. I I liked him. how they animated him too, and you'll you'll notice this in episode eight. I it almost is like they're using. That that stop motion animation style that uh, oh, okay you know motion capture as opposed to 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 just digitally it, it, it kind of it's and I, it 
it works. I really love it. It's it it's old school, and maybe mm-hmm. they did that digitally, you know, where they just kind of took out a few yeah, frames to make it look. Um, uh, like I'm not sure how it was, but I I did like it, and I know that uh, the IG11 was uh, based off of I believe it's IG88 from yep. which was. Who showed up? I think in he shows up in Empire Strikes Empire Back. Empire Strikes Back. He's well. I mean, he, they, that's where uh, all the bounty hunters are assembled. They've got uh, mm-hmm. you know Lobot and uh, Forlom and and Zuckus and and IG eighty. Well, you Boba you know them all. <laughs> I had the action figures. In fact, the, in in the in the prisoner uh, the, the prison break one, they had the the character that reminded me of the. The, the the lizard looking dude? No, the uh, the pilot, the uh, robot pilot. He reminded me. Oh, of one of the, right. Of one of the uh, bounty hunters looks, that was assembled. Looks like an ant. He yeah. looked like uh, the Forlom uh, character, but uh, I looked it up and it was it was not the same. So gotcha. So they try to they I, they did try to bring a lot of these characters out. Um, I haven't seen Dengar uh, represented, um, but but I but I have. Seeing they, they they do bring yeah. out some of these other bounty hunters, which is great. Right. Well, I mean, so let's talk about IG Eleven, right? So in the beginning, you know, he kind of makes a, it's almost like a friendship working relationship with with Mando in the beginning to to get the asset, but Mando has to put him down because he's going to kill the child, right? Uh, baby Yoda, and so, but him going into that was pretty cool. You know, he had the funny moment where he's like, "Oh, we're we're not going to make it. I must self destruct." Man, I like, ah, put that shit away. That you keeps know? coming out, yeah. It's yeah. Like, okay. Like, God damn it. And then so, uh, but then you know, it, it comes out that um, God, I'm going to blow his name again. But Nick, Nick Nolte's character finds him later and and changes him from a um, bounty hunter robot to a like a nursemaid robot, nurse droid. Yeah. Yeah, nurse droid. And and Mando doesn't buy it. He's kind of like, <laughs> no. I don't yeah, what the hell. But I mean. He he basically says, "Look, and I like I like the the little montage they show of him having to like kind of teach him how to do everything again, pouring, yes. um, and that goes back into some of those spaghetti." I know he drops the crate of... on the lizard little. <laughs> yeah, like... but he he, he he it's it goes back into those spaghetti western type. You know, you see a lot of stuff like that in those montage movies. Um, at least I, I, it kind of had that feel to me, but then, you know, he comes in and, and he takes out the two, uh, uh, speeder troops and saves, uh, baby Yoda, then takes up the speeder and comes in like just mashing shit, just <laughs> comes in wrecking like, and so this is one I read that people work. They were like, uh, this is people getting, um, Going all uh, psychologist on, um, and yeah, that's not the proper word I know, but uh, <laughs> psychological, like psychological. Uh, but they're <laughs> saying that you know all this violence that Baby Yoda is being exposed to is is turning him evil in this because you know. Well, he even, know, they, he's even sitting there like he's on a on a on a ride, a roller coaster yeah, ride with a grin smile, on his face. Yeah, why? Why he's blow up, and they're even talking about like there, there was that point where. Uh, Cara Dune and uh, Mando are arm wrestling and, and Cara Dune starts to beat him and then baby Yoda starts force choking her <laughs> right and they're like that well that's a neat you know that's a the dark side shit and it's like oh come on it's just it's a kid seeing his dad get his ass whooped and doing what any kid would like nah well, it's I'm a 50 year old kid too so who knows I don't know uh, I, yeah okay I have weird. an issue I have an issue with the age thing I do too <laughs> because they're saying he's 50 it doesn't make sense that he would be that young 
personality wise. I, if you think I about it, Yoda. Agree. Yeah, it's if like Yoda it's like was nine hundred. Do they do they evolve that slowly? Are they that stupid? Well, Does it take <laughs> fifty years to just become the same? A toddler. Yeah, that. Yeah, it really puts humans in a better light. Oh, it only takes us, you know. Well, but I mean, four when, years when to we, get to that uh, intelligence. When Yoda, when Yoda talks to uh, when he first meets Luke, he says, uh, "When nine hundred years you are look good, you will or whatever." Yeah. So he's saying he's like nine hundred. So really, if you think about that, like if if you uh, know that, you're he, doing he, the math, like 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 yeah. five years, I get it, yeah. So like so if say if sure. he was like ninety that would mean like one for every ten meaning that kid should be about five if you yeah. think about it and and so you know they should have said oh he's he's twenty twenty five you know then then I would have it would have been a little bit better maybe then they uh, would have matched up maybe he was isolated and did not have any sort of exposure to anything for that fifty years and so he's still kind of a Yes, I I don't know. I I agree. I think I think that's a flaw, and yeah. it needs to be explained because uh, either that or Yoda was saying he was it was only nine hundred, he was really like two thousand years old, whatever you know. But they don't but it also just with... exposes that they do not learn very fast, you know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, All it's right, hard I'm to with say. you there. Okay, um, <laughs> back to yeah, back to the ride in on the uh, the speeder with IG eighty eight or IG IG eleven. Yeah. Um, blowing up shit, just murking everybody, and and baby Yoda just loving it. You know, I love how he's like he's got him in the little baby carrier in front. And he turns his body around so it protects him, while he, and then flips his arms back over and keeps shooting, and just just wrecking shit. And it's it's awesome. Um, you know, then we get into the you know he gets in with with them and and figures out a way to get him into that uh, drain uh, or. Um, Right. It's a throwback. It's a throwback to episode four, right? Where they uh, where they have to get into the the, into the garbage crash, crash compactor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except for they couldn't they couldn't you know blow it out with the the lasers. <laughs> he had to cut it with a torch or whatever. Um, and I thought that was kind of cool. I like the troop that came in with the fire. Like I said before, that was kind of neat. You know, we see that uh, they touch on it a little bit more later, where you start to see some different uh, stormtroopers. Right, you know, they have the different coloring and stuff like that. That yeah, he's got like the war paint on his on his. Face. Yeah, it's that red. Was, that was it, awesome. Yeah, red, red that shows he's a flame guy, and there's yellow and blue and green. I don't know what they all mean. I'm sure watch Clone Wars, it probably would would mean more. Um, but yeah, it was just there was just some things about that, like you know, Moff Gideon. He knows they're trapped in there, and he's like, okay. Well, I know you're this guy, this guy, this guy, and I got this big gun out here, and I'll give you till sundown. <laughs> and it's kind of like I know it's the really... whole James Bond thing. I'm gonna yeah. <laughs> if you're you, really you a too badass, much, too much room to to get away. It's like yeah. why why wouldn't you just go in there? If you're really as and I mean they talk about how how ruthless he is that he's killing his own troops, you know, for not listening to him. Which I was like, first off, if you're already on limited troops because the Empire's not fucking functioning, why would you be killing your own guys that are there helping? But like, these guys could take so that shit hilarious. off and walk away. I thought that was so hilarious because that was tied to that scene with those two scout troopers. And he's yeah. like, like the guy on the radio says he just killed a guy for interpreting so, er, for interrupting. So yeah. this might take a while. And it was just kind of you, you get a sense of how stupid that sort of that that power trip philosophy is. Oh, but, I agree. <laughs> but that's where I was. That's where I had a problem. Like, first off, they're talking about how bad the Empire has it. But then they're still treating it like like 
If well, the Empire I, had filed... So, so one thing <laughs> to keep in mind, though, the child was in there, and that was something that Moss Gideon wanted. He wanted the child. He didn't want the child damaged. So they couldn't just... Go in. Okay, full I'll give guns you that. I'll blazing. give you that. So, so he had to. He say, just okay, goes I'm in gonna... with fire. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. You're, yeah, you're absolutely right. He did go in with fire. So, <laughs> so maybe that breaks my theory. But the idea, though, is that he, he wanted him alive. So you can't yeah. just go too hardcore. Give him some time. Yeah, I just, I just have an issue with the, and maybe, maybe, maybe it's the fact that they're saying, okay. Mandalorian, what happens here doesn't necessarily reflect, and maybe it makes the the last three movies not canon. Like, because it, it went from the the Empire has fallen to all of a sudden, no, nah, the Empire is still pretty fucking strong, <laughs> right? Because were they chasing the rebels around? Well, just I don't know. Them? By the time you get to Force Awakens, the Empire is huge, so so it's like rebuilt itself in a different way. I I don't know. The, I, I don't know. <laughs> that's what I mean. It doesn't I, I make know. sense. I, there's probably books that that try to explore. Okay. The the, the, I, the arc I, of the regrowth of the Empire. My 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 uh, dumbass couldn't figure it out, and it, it doesn't sit well. I mean, with really, me they just of, destroyed the the second death star so you took out a big you know you're still gonna have fleets places so there's there's you've just lost your it's like you've lost your your main well you lost your head command i mean lost your head command but but what happens then you chop off the head and another one grows back is they're not hydra i don't know they're not hydra (laughs) i know anyways that's they got holes i i agree and i wish mm -hmm. i wish they would have evolved things a little bit with the with the the second the second trilogy or the third trilogy I wish, or because it was just kind of the same oh the empire's back and they've got a big planet they went to, yeah or what is it they had a different name first order the first order and uh yeah. so they weren't the empire anymore and but they were the, the empire. Star. it was the it was it was, it was the, even worse it was the star fucking planet, planet killer or whatever planet, yeah i don't know and uh yeah they could have gone a more philosophical way or a more psychologically twisted way. They could have taken it a different direction. But either they just that or tried to replay what was what was working. <laughs> or either that and this don't don't say the Empire has fallen. You know, say, hey, you know, they're they're weakened but they're still they're still out here kicking ass and taking But do you think that would have and... that would have I mean, there's a lot of people that would have been pissed off if they went a different direction like that and, and went away from what worked before. So, you know, you can't please everyone. They chose a direction I, yeah. I wish I'm just they saying been a little... <laughs> the holes the holes for me like I I have a hard time seeing around uh, you know because every time I look at it, I'm like okay and that well and that was that brought up another you know this is another one where I'm gonna pick apart stormtroopers it's like they act like these are these elite motherfuckers but they're really not elite they get their ass kicked handily all the <laughs> fucking time except for when we don't see it happen and they go and wipe out you know some warrior race all of a sudden they're badass it's like it's too inconsistent, right? You know, it it just one of those things that always bugged me, and it bugged me in the movies too, because it it was like, yeah, when they're not fighting the 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 main stars, they the stormtroopers are badass, but as soon as you put a fucking star in there, all of a sudden they can't fucking hit the, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're all starstruck, you know. Like, oh look, it's Luke, and <laughs> lose their and shit. And I think that's something that the Star Wars universe is plagued with because of the original trilogy, whereas. At least in Mandalorian, and we see this in in Episode Eight, they're trying to acknowledge that yeah, that's that's a flaw that 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 they're trying to address in more of a comical way, you know, with with the two scout troopers trying to right target, oh, they the target practice with yeah. the thing, and and they're just so way off, and he's like shaking the gun like, and that's that's blaster. my other thing is like, if I went up against a Mandalorian, I saw lasers bouncing off, I'd be like, I want to find 
what that motherfucker's wearing, and I'm going <laughs> to trade this white piece of shit plastic in for it because this thing doesn't block anything. <laughs> like every one of those, every stormtrooper that gets shot once dies. It's not even like, oh, he dies, he gets shot, and he's now wounded. No. Every one of them gets shot. Like, he gets hit in the toe, and he's dead. <laughs> you know? So that armor does nothing. Well, that's often the nature of a PG movie, too. Is that <laughs> Unless you get an R-rated where people, where you actually see people suffering and screaming with, you know, appendages that are that are torn off. Oh, okay. Which is more um, warlike. Um, this is true. trying trying to tone that down a little bit. So that just might okay, be... Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's talk about a little bit about eight. Uh, the, okay. the title of that was uh, Redemption. Now, um, this I think the title really calls out to IG Eleven. You know, he really he he, he saves them essentially in the end. And, and you know, and there's there's a lot of that we talked about it earlier with him and his getting to see Mando's face um, and spraying him with his you know magic Bianca or whatever you know saving him with the the magic spray um they get into down into the the lava pits and they're going and you know uh ig11 has to walk out and blow up all the troops and uh you know they they show that he's like even though mando has hated droids for the whole thing you know he had he had an attachment to this this droid and didn't want him to sacrifice himself you know so it was kind of like kind of a redemption to himself about, you know, his hatred for these droids, like kind of almost that, you know, not all droids are bad kind of thing. Okay. And then also, I, I, I I think redemption is definitely more tied to man, the Mandalorian character, not IG. He's, he's, he's a robot. Well, I mean, tied in the fact that what happened with the IG unit. Yeah. Well, I, and I think, I think it comes into play more at the end when he's able to take out the TIE fighter and, and, you know, do everything he can to try to, you know, they do a lot of the flashbacks too, with his childhood too, when he's rescued by the Mandalorian uh, and, and you, you get a sense of, of how that has changed the whole arc of who he is now with discovering right. this, this child and, uh, and coming to terms with that, you know, he even betrays the guild and, and, he, in a sense, there's a certain redemption there where he's 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 redeeming himself, who he is when when he's when when he's uh, taking out the Moss Moss Gideon and 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 uh, kind of rehealing himself and who he is. Yeah, he's protecting that the 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 child and baby Yoda. Now, one of the things I, I read in that, and I was trying to, you know, when I was reading stuff and listening to people talk about what was going on, um, one of the things I, they, they talked about the themes of of parenting in this, and this is um, that father son relationship. You know, kind of opposite of what they've had in in the movies before, where it's you know the Vader Luke, you know, father son, you know, idea, or you know, Ray without parents. You know, uh, or they were even talked about uh, Leia uh, with uh, Kylo Ren as kind of the adult. You know, this uh, this was kind of like the the good side of the the parenting. Yeah, um, the parent child relationship. Yeah, yeah. relationship. Um, and one of the things I also learned, uh, and I can't remember if it was reading or someone talking about it, that uh, Mandalore. One of the things with foundlings, Mandalore in general is. Um, the father uh, takes a bigger responsibility in the raising of the children and, and that mentoring and stuff like that. 
and um, it's like a, a high honor to be able to to raise uh, a child, and that's where the foundlings come in. Um, like if you don't have your own to raise a foundling and, and, and raise them up into the Mandalorian um, core uh, beliefs and stuff like that. So it's kind of like one of those things is him being able to to follow along with that is kind of paying off back to to where he was found and, and then raised kind of thing. And you know, it uh, almost seems like cool. it almost seems like the Mandalorian religion is is based on this idea of an orphanage. Of, <laughs> I mean, uh, you get the sense of uh, what was the what was the uh, Netflix series, the one, the chess one, the the Queen's Gambit. Oh, King, where, Queen's Gambit. Yeah, where she was raised in an orphanage, and it kind of it kind of had that 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 feel of 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 its own little cult of, of personalities in the in yeah. these children, and you know they were rebellious, but a lot of that came from the fact that that who they were they were orphans and and this and i get that sense from the mandalorians they're all almost like the throwaway that that formed their own their own religion yeah i can see that i like that well i think it's also one of those things is that they they never let a child go without uh parentage you know someone's like they the foundlings right it's it's not a bad thing to be a foundling yeah. where like you're not it's not an orphan um one of the other things that people talked about and, and it really shows and i know a little bit about not tons but uh lone wolf and cub is a um an anime comic that uh was done um it's a japanese style it's a samurai who has a a baby essentially that he, he travels along with and and it's him going out and you know doing all the samurai shit why sometimes he even has this kid strapped to his chest or he's pushing him in a in a stroller and and it's a huge huge series and and so a lot of people uh recognize the similarities and and i think it was john farrow even talked about yes that it it played a part in in his uh story making of the of this mandalorian series cool i've never heard of that i'll have to check it out yeah yeah it's uh i remember oh god what did you say baby cub and no it's uh lone wolf and cub Lone Wolf. Okay, Lone Wolf. I read that wrong. <laughs> baby Cub and Wolf. <laughs> lone, <laughs> lone Wolf I think I and had Cub. Baby Yoda in my mind. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> Be- <laughs> lone Wolf and Baby Yoda. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's a really cool. You know, it's it's a it's a samurai series, and if I'm uh, I remember reading one or two of them. If I remember correctly, it's done with very little uh, like um, dialogue too. It's a lot of just. Uh, imagery um, to show what's going on. And so I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, the themes in this are, are pretty, pretty out there. Like, you know, the parenting, the, the, the good self-sacrifice IG, certainly the IG unit certainly self right. self-sacrifice when he kind of takes out the stormtroopers at the end, which is nice. Uh, yeah. And in, in one of the, uh, so one of the other things they have talked about, the, the father, father, son, uh, parenting and stuff is, um, uh, IG's uh, new persona after being reprogrammed and and you know having kind of figured out that he lost his father in in Khalil, I think that's how you say it, Khalil or Nick Nolte, um, you know, because he knew he was he was dead, you know, and that's why he went and, and rescued uh, Baby Yoda. So it's kind of like one of those is like, you know, he he already knew he didn't have anything to go back to, so he kind of you know. You see that in, in a lot of movies where your father's, you know, someone's father's dead and the, and the guy's like, okay, well, I will, 
I will give myself up to protect you guys because I know my my other half of my life is gone kind of thing. Yeah, I thought the IG unit was really, you got a sense of the programming. That, and, you know, even the sense where he stayed behind, he gave he gave the, the baby Yoda off when, when he wanted mm-hmm. to... Fix Mando because he probably right. he probably worked out the probability. It's like if I stay here and fix him, he will let me look at his face because I am not human, <laughs> so I can fix him. And I am the, the likelihood that Baby Yoda will survive is is the highest. So it's almost like you can see him playing out these things, especially in retrospect when you when you see it play out. You say, okay, maybe he had that in mind the whole time. And even in the yeah. end, when he sacrifices himself, it's like this is the only way out. I have to go sacrifice myself. And I will fulfill my my duty. I, and and I don't I don't when it comes to redemption, I, I don't want to. That's that's a that's a personal thing. That's a human trait. And yet it's true. We do kind of see that in the in the in the IG unit as as kind of fulfilling right. that. But it, you could say, hey, Nick Nolte's uh, character programmed reprogrammed it. And so it mm-hmm. was an extension of of his character who passed in the in the last right. episode. So it kind of <clears throat> brings that humanity into uh, episode 8. Maybe it's yeah. his redemption. Maybe it's that uh that I think it's a, it's character. a combo. It's it's not all it, yeah, cuz well, I mean, yeah, he I don't know if he had a lot to redeem himself, but he definitely yeah. had a, he, he brought a lot to his afterlife, right? He he talked about being a slave for three times the human life you know and stuff like that well and then also we look at it, you talk about ig being being redeemed in the beginning he was going to shoot baby yoda right but then but in, in the end he sacrifices him. how much is still there yeah it's kind of up and down so i think you see more than one redemption in the in, in the whole story um and i i, I think it's all great I, I um you know you even got you even got uh Carl Weathers, uh, God, why am I? I should have known these names better. Um, Grief, uh, Karga, he even has kind of a redemption because he was part of the group that, you know, attacked Mando. Uh, He's going to betray he, him too until until. Well, the, exactly, the, and then, yeah, kills him. yeah. So there's a, there's some redemption there. I mean, it, it's the only one that I guess Cardoon doesn't really have any redemption necessarily because she never really did anything that needed to be redeemed. Right. You know, so, but some great scenes. I mean, we talked about, uh, you know, the, the shootouts with IG in the beginning. Uh, you know, you have that, that scene where, uh, Mando jumps on the, the big gun and spins around shooting everybody, you know, and then you kind of get a replay of that in the, in the episode eight before, uh, Moff Gideon blows it up. And oh, you mean you're, 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 calling out this season or the episode one when he yeah the, yeah you're exactly right yeah it he is does it there's, there's a symmetry there where it's at the beginning and the very end yeah and so it, it's kind of cool and and uh someone brought up the fact too and you might you might recognize this and, and uh, they did it it was a throw out to uh, a part or a vehicle that was only a toy so the troop uh carrier that pulls up and all the the stormtroopers start jumping off of it uh when they're inside the building it was actually a toy that was sold that was never in any of the movies, but it was sold, uh, I think, probably either after Star Wars or, or Empire Strikes Back. And it was the troop carrier, and it was exactly that, that vehicle, but it was never in any of the movies. Was it, it, was, was, actually, it a, was it a toy for storing your action figures? It was, um, it was both. It was okay. a, a storage, but it was a vehicle yeah. at the same time. 
And uh, yeah, so someone some brought it I, up. I didn't I like, catch that, cool. but uh, but I can see that. I had I had one of those, and I don't know if it was in the shape of a vehicle. I had a, a an actual official Star Wars storage. Uh, I had tank. one in a look. I, I don't know what. It, it, yeah. I had one that was a flat box that looked like R two D two that you opened up, and it had little uh, oh, like plastic I slots. That. I didn't have that one, but I know what yeah, you're talking I, about. Sure, I had I had the R two D two. I think there was also a Vader head. And there was another one, but I had the I had the R two D two one. Um, yeah, I was it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, those were good toys. I was bummed when uh, when I lost all of those. I was kind of it was a bad. I still situation. have some. I, I I I held on to mine for a long time. I gave some to my uh, my nephews, and uh, but I still have some leftovers. So I, some of them I had them a... chewed up by my dog <laughs> when I was a kid. But... I had mine, and I was living in San Jose with my mom at the time, and we were moving around, and we we left them. We had to leave a box of you know boxes of our stuff at someone's garage to while we moved around, and uh, uh, they must have had kids or something because when we went to get the stuff back, all my shit was gone, like all my toys, <laughs> oh, and you bad. know, yeah, it was one of those things. It, it was a bummer, but it, in you know. At the time, I had ended up moving back with my dad in Sacramento. It just kind of got glossed over with the the shit that was going on. Um, we were kind of getting ready to to finish off and wrap up. Uh, Steve had a couple other things. Um, I think for me, it's it's this is a great season. Um, I, I think this is is as good or better than um, most of the movies um, outside of the original three. Um, like I, I think this this series is definitely better than any of the prequel movies, and I would say it's it's at least on par or, or better than even the 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 final three. I don't know what what do you call it? post post <laughs> third trilogy. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not. Um, I, I enjoy this more. I think than um, one of the things we never talked about too, which I really enjoy about these, even though short uh, uh, episodes. Um, they kind of give you a little bit. They make you want to watch the credits with their their little art. Uh, that was what I was gonna. You know, that was on my list. Ralph McQuarrie. Oh, that's was, funny. <laughs> was so big on on his uh, artwork in the original series, and and I think they're trying to 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 do a do a call out to his his uh, artistry because he, he you know if you look at some of the original artwork before even the original New Hope was made, his vision kind of created the the look of right. star wars and and so that that's a call out so yeah i agree with you there it's great to watch the credits it's it is it's fun and and i want to give them also credit too that they're doing a lot with um feeding in uh characters in in uh guest appearances for for people that have been you know part of this this world for a while uh the the three um, X-wing fighters that go in and blow up the building in the pilot pilot or a prison episode. Yeah, that uh, those are all directors. Oh, I didn't know that. That's great. <laughs> um, yeah. So the only so um, there's four different directors throughout this. I believe it's. Uh, I guess there's more. There's uh, Taka Waititi, uh, but he wasn't one of them because he he does IG. Um, it's Rick. Famu- God damn it. Famu- <laughs> Rick, <laughs> which episode? Uh, Deborah, I don't know. I just call it there. Six. <laughs> uh, six. He did two and six. Uh, Deborah Chow did seven and three, and Dave uh, Filoni, uh, who is one and five. He's also writ- he also wrote five. He's also one of the main guys involved with the 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 animated um, series and stuff like that. So those were the three pilots. 
The only other directors were Takawaki, who didn't who didn't have it, and then uh, Bryce Dallas How- Howard. Episode uh, four, did, yeah, yeah, did the episode four. Um, that's Ron Howard's daughter. Yeah, she was. Which, uh, she's also in uh, Jurassic uh, World. She's the, yeah. She's the I one that was, in the high heels. <laughs> I thought that was so cool when I saw that. I was like, "That's awesome!" Like she's she's following in his steps completely. Yeah, sure, going from acting to directing, and, and so I thought that was really cool. But yeah, I think she's the only one that I don't think had an acting part um, of the directors. Well, damn, um, she which, should have been a pilot too. Why not? They could add four four X wings. You know, they got that kind of cr- change. They could have put one more in there. Yeah. But I just thought that was kind of cool that like one scene, they get all the direct. I thought that was cool. So. Yeah. I, um, I agree with your take on this. This was, this was really a, a, a strong series. I think there were some flaws and that's fair, but you've got different, different visions coming in and you're going to get some brilliant moments and some that don't quite work, but that's, that's, that happens with series. Yeah. But they really stuck. Well, they stuck the finale in my, in my, boat at least in season one we haven't gotten to season two but uh season yeah. one I, I think they had a really good vision and it they took it to the end really really nicely i think it had a small letdown at the end like to me some of the the action and stuff didn't hold up as well from the through the series to the end I, you know normally you you crescendo up in in your finale is your your top dog this one to me seemed like we had a very steady kind of battle 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 and i think it kind of dropped off a bit at the very end personally yeah. for me okay um, okay that's but, personal because yeah. i i think episode eight was the yeah. best <laughs> i loved it i i enjoyed some of the earlier ones better i think um than than seven and eight personally um I, I think you know as much as i didn't like prisoner i liked it there was parts about it i didn't like at all but there was parts that i really liked so it was one of those that i kind of love to hate it um sure. i i really enjoyed the first episode a lot um, I really liked how it all uh, went down. Um, and then I, I really liked the Sanctuary uh, episode where we get Cara Dune and the, the villagers. I th- for something about it, it just, because it was so different, like we spent so much time on the on the desert planets and then all of a sudden we're in this different world where it's it's green and it's 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 a different feel and I, I really enjoyed that. And it, and it gave us more personality, I think, for Mando than a lot of it. I liked the idea of that episode. I didn't think it was it was delivered quite as quite as successfully in season two now they have an episode that's kind of similar to that with another with another uh <laughs> jedi that i thought was the best episode of that season so but when, i think when season get two to... definitely gets yeah we'll we'll talk about that matter of fact yeah. that's what we'll talk about next week so it, you don't even have to wait that long <laughs> that's um, right <laughs> yeah a lot of series to go through oh my god and then after that i think right back on uh jessica jones right yeah, so we we got okay. one series after series after series. <laughs> That's right, but but it's all good. We, you know, it's it's. A I've sacrifice already seen them make. all, so uh, so it, yeah. Rewatching just adds more uh, more comments to my repertoire right. of comments. <laughs> what I can <laughs> add to the to the conversation. Yeah, no, I like I said, I, I I don't think it's perfect. If if we were going for you know a rating from like one to ten, ten being best, I would put this probably around a. Seven and a half, eight overall. I think that's. I think you're right on. But yeah. I don't. I think it's tough to get you know to uh, a, to anything yeah. higher than that with with yeah. our 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 standards. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and <laughs> we're true. <picky. laughs> I, we are picky. Yeah, and if we go with our with how many beers do you need on this? Um, this is one of those ones. It's nice to have a beer 
uh, but you don't need it. It's as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It just kind of it, it helps you and settle it. Accentuates and, and, it, it. It smooths the edges. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't don't need a lot to enjoy it, uh, but it 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 will give you a little bit more. Uh, it kind of helps you go down the rabbit holes. Okay, you know, because <laughs> yeah. that's that's what it did to me. That's the one thing that I think I'd like more out of this is I would like uh, deeper knowledge on on the Mandalorian. Um, creed and code which I, I we just didn't get and that's just you know my personal preference you know other people would like to see more laser battles and uh, there's some people that are just all about the fan service and want to get as many shout outs and, and we didn't talk about hardly any of the ones out there because there's tons of them and people named people and stuff that are coming from the animated and you, you have to <laughs> have a Rolodex type mind to remember all of them so right. um but yeah, perfect. I, I enjoyed it, and I'm definitely ready to watch season two again. Yeah, me too. So, good deal. All right, all right. Well, I think that was it for us uh, here here at uh, How We See. Join us again next week to hear our take on uh, season two of The Mandalorian, um, and then uh, from that we'll go forward. Sounds good. All right. Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night.